Moto One Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that brings you two-wheel topics from around the globe. Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, to our regularly scheduled show, show, everybody uh this is your returning host the junk junk meister turd farmer i just dropped the computer mouse so i'm gonna let the next person in the room introduce themselves wiggins is back it's been a little bit wiggs is back guess who's back back again it's been a minute yeah when, when was it it's been a couple weeks yeah uh, it's been about a month it's been at least a month yeah, yeah. oh dang i was working at 4 a.m for a while and oh yeah, yeah. That was just draining. it was like two months, and then you came back, and we're all yes, and then it was like another month because you were like, dude, I'm still on this schedule. Dude, I've been working was... that schedule all, all summer. Yeah. I liked it. Like it was so like commuting to work in the morning was sick. It was doing yep. fucking ninety in the GTI, but um, it also hurt. It was also very tiring <laughs> to be at work at four thirty in the morning every day. Mm-hmm. So and to try to have a life outside of it. Which yeah. is basically why the podcast suffered because I was going to bed at seven. Actually, we did really good. Our numbers are were excellent. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna drop this, but everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, he's back!" Oh, it's, fuck that show. It Aww. suffered as far as like we missed having you here, and we missed having our, our Hoosier, um, as oh. the Nokomoto Bros call it, the Hoosierisms. Oh, the Hoosierisms? Yeah, yeah, well, we missed the uh, consenting opinion. <laughs> yeah, the, we needed. Yeah, we needed the third opinion. wheel. We needed a tiebreaker half the time. Yeah. Um, hey, before we get into this week's show, I did want to say um, we have a disclaimer this week, and this is since uh, Wiggins hasn't been around, we need to we really need we need to double down on this thing, <laughs> and that is that the views and <laughs> yeah, a, now really yeah really focus. We really need on. this disclaimer. <laughs> you guys heard the the intro music there, and now it's time for this uh, piece of propaganda. The views and the opinions of the participants of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast are those of the participants, Wiggins, and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinions of Creative Writing, the Moto One Podcast Network, or any affiliates. Any opinion is the respective participants and is not intended to malign anyone or anything. There's too big of a list to even list in that segment, and we won't even... Um, talk shit about Vanderhall drivers and mean it. So, and that goes for you too, Jay. Actually, we got quite a few uh, comments about you over the past couple months too. So uh, About what? Oh, never mind. Controversial? Yeah. (laughs) Before we get into stuff, I just want to thank our patrons in alphabetical order. Uh, Let's do reverse alphabetical order. Uh, Let's go with Paul, Narissa, Matt. Oh, L-M-N. Yeah, that's right. Paul, Narissa, Matt, Mr. Ray, Lance, John, Jerry, Dan, Corey, Chuck, and Chad. 
You guys say Corey, Chuck, and Chad 10 times fast and see how easy it is. And anyways, thanks for uh, Rob and Chris in the past for their support. And we look forward to seeing you guys soon. I do want to say, before we get any further into this show, we're only like two minutes in, and I hope we're, we're three minutes in. Uh, and I, we need to do this ASAP because, Jay, you know how fun this is. Over in mm-hmm. front of Wiggins, I think, are the words and the deeds. Mm-hmm. And we need to pick one of those. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute myself and uh, you and Wiggins talk while I get him to uh, unsolicitedly pull out a, a, a word for this week. Oh, yeah. You guys go back to talking about your station wagons or whatever the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> Do you want me to draw something or no? Yeah, shake it up real good, though. Make sure you throw it in your hat and shake it around or throw it all over the ground and then pick one out. So just pick a word this week, or this is how we do it now, because this is so yeah, much... pieces of paper are too big to pull out of this thing. Yeah, and they probably don't shake around. I, I put hey, them in a helmet every week. You didn't even notice this, though. I know. Oh, yeah, well, we didn't say anything about it, but we'll talk about that in one second. I don't know who this guy is. Wiggins imposter, get him! <laughs> um, okay. So what, we're picking a word. I got one. Only. And then okay. if we say the word, then we pick the deed. Otherwise... We may be uh, too careful in our in our actions. Oh, now you're gonna change it. No, that's Even how we did it last year. That's, that's how no, he does he, it all the last, time. Yeah, he always changes it. Remember last week? You didn't know what it was. I got you to say the word, and well, then for a while it was like, no, "Hey, we, don't we, say the word," and then we would celebrate if we did. And I was like, "Well, then we should say the word." Right. Like, oh wait, but no. Last week when I said the word. Then you read you ha- it. we then, said this was the word, and then and you- then no, and then you said it, and then you had to pull out a go. Uh, do you want me to rewind the tape again? Uh, oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember. How could I forget that? Yeah, <laughs> this is an easy one not to say, unless we're talking. Uh, I want to make you a guys, dirty joke. Do both of you guys uh, know? I won't it now? do that. No, only I know the word because I drew it. Yeah, so you got to read it to us. It is iron butt. Ooh, well, yeah. I think there's a dirty innuendo in there somewhere. Oh, there definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can say muddy butt, cruddy butt. Mud butt's a totally different thing. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> it's not like we could say mud butt and mean that. Like, yeah. It's different. Can we say bun burner 7,000 back to back coast to coast? Because I do know somebody that did 47. I mean, if the episode's not about riding coast to coast or something or or doing a challenge. All right. It actually may come up because uh, tonight's topic that I forgot to tell you guys to study for, which I put it in a text message, but I know you guys don't read them, is windshields and wind protection. And when you're doing one of those that he just said, you need wind protection. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about that in a second. Also, so there we go. Now, now here's the deal, Wigs, because this is like, because this way we don't know if we say it, is it good or bad, right? And I can assure you that it's either bad or worse. <laughs> so uh, it's either not good or, or not good or even possibly, um, well, we'll see if we get there. So yeah, if we say it, then we pull the deed and it may be uh, not so bad, so... It'll, it'll keep the suspense up throughout the show. If we say it and we don't realize we say it, the uh, a listener can um, send us the tag and like the time stamp, you know? And if we listen to it, whoever said it has to give them something. Like, you know, I'll probably send out a sticker. Jay will send them a piece of her cast signed. You can send them a braid of your hair or a knife or whatever you want to do. So that's, if we don't catch ourselves... I threw the hair out. I didn't keep it. Yeah. If we... Uh, 
if we don't catch ourselves, and then it's up to the listeners to do it. So that's the word of the week. Um, but we're going to ring a bell when it's officially in. So right now, I just want to remind everybody the word of the week, whether we want to say it or not, is... Can you say it again, Wiggs? Iron butt. All right. It's official. We can't say it after that bell, or we have to rip something out of the old uh, the deed jar there. All right. Before we get into this week's show... Um, we're going to get into what we've been up to, but first let's get up to what you should be up to. Um, this weekend, actually this whole week, you know what? Like everyone talks about ICMA and IMS and AIM and all that great stuff, but I'll tell you what, Motorcycle Live, that goes from November 16th to the 24th. In my book, I looked at it, that is a full 32 days of motorcycle action uh, coming to you from NEC, which I'm guessing is like the... Uh, something exposition center in Birmingham, Birmingham, England, UK. And so it's going to be wrapping up this weekend. If you, if you didn't get a chance to go last week and you didn't get a chance to go, um, up until today, you have two more days left because it's, it ends this weekend, but man, 16th to 24th, that's a, that's a hell of a bike show right there. Excuse me. I think the, um, uh, front end chatter podcast was going to be there because they're sponsored by uh, Bennett's Bike so uh, Bennett's UK and Bike Social, and I think they had a little booth there where they were going to be meeting people. Um, this weekend for us here in LA, uh, the twenty second through the twenty fourth, the Progressive IMS Long Beach show is going to be there. Um, they sent me something to give to people, like to give you guys free passes or something, but I have to complete like the lap the rider course, the new to two rider course. And then, so we'll see if that happens. If that happens, then I may have like passes to hand out. We'll see. We'll see what how. What do you mean you have to do a course before you can get the tickets or? Yeah. You know, to engage the listeners. It's for all the media this year. They said um, that they are going to, if you, if you get in there and you do the, a couple, like the rider, the new rider course, then it'll enter you uh, for a chance to get, a couple of your if you're a magazine get your subscribers in if you're uh mm-hmm. you know what are, what is everybody now because I don't cycle world they aren't even a publication anymore are they or, or did they go to quarterly I forget but if you're you know the, uh, I think cycle world is the digital. only one that's quarterly now. okay everybody else went digital then like, right yeah like yeah I did that thing for motorcyclists but it was all purely digital yeah that's right so motorcyclists is now all digital I know cycle news is digital so those guys their readers and subscribers can get some tickets our listeners if I do it uh you know like last year I didn't want to get on the wheelie machine on the electric bike not because uh I didn't want to do it but it's because those helmets they made you wear I was just afraid I was going to look like that dude from Fat Albert where you can't, you can just see his shoulders and his neck and then just the, like, like a Darth helmet off of Spaceballs. <laughs> I thought I'd look like that, that helmet. But, um, so that's happening the, this weekend, uh, fr- starting Friday at three, I think, or four and going until Sunday. Um, you can stay till Monday, but there won't be anything there. Um, also November 23rd, the bike corral swap meet is happening at Pomona Harley Davidson from 10 to three. It looks pretty bitchin'. looks like they're going to have a lot of stuff there. Um, also, November 23rd, the Night of Destruction, right down the street from me at Irwindale Speedway, they're going to have trailer races, skid plate races, um, Destruction Derby, all sorts of crazy stuff. That is so much fun to go down there and watch. When is that? Uh, this uh, Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, if you want to come over, dude, we should totally do it. Like, the kids love just watching. It's probably at night, though. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. from 7 to 
10, I think. Oh, yeah, that bedtime hits at 7. Yeah, for you or for Evie? (laughs) Or both? Mostly me. Yeah, right. Uh, The 24th, the SRA GP motorcycle and mountain bike team race is going to be happening out at Glen Helen. This is crazy. They're going to do a, uh, like, a a moto out there, you know? I think they're going to do the moto first, and then you jump off the mountain, or jump off the motorcycle, jump on your mountain bike, and tackle the hill again, uh, or tackle the mountain bike course, uh, out there that they're going to have set up. And that sounds pretty nuts. Like that would be so much fun, um, to just get out there and do two wheels all over that property. They have a surfer cross one too. A friend of mine's won that a few times. Oh, sweet. So you got to, it's like a surf competition, I guess. And then you like ride moto too. Oh, dang. That'd be, that'd be just as fun. Is that in, uh, is that here in, in Cali or is that, uh, Australia? Yeah, that's here in Cali. That sounds like something they would do in Australia too. Um, so yeah, the SRA GP, um, I'm not sure what SRA stands for, but, uh, yeah, any sort of GP is, is a fun, going to be a fun thing. Also the 24th, the SoCal cycle swap meet happens last Sunday of every month. And so it's at the uh, veterans Memorial stadium down there in long beach by Jay. Um, and Jay clean up that part of the city. You've been pooping all over the streets down there. We've been seeing it. <laughs> I've been. I just did a bunch of Google Street Views today, and I was like, "Oh my god, there was so much." I was just down in downtown. What are you talking about? I only saw one poop on the ground, and it was somebody's dog. Oh well, that's irresponsible. <laughs> clean up after your dogs, and if you're walking a human on a leash, right in clean front it. of a restaurant as wow. I was eating. Classy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, November twenty eighth, the uh, motorcycle community feeding the homeless in Los Angeles is happening at sixteen hundred West Olympic Boulevard from six to nine thirty. Go down there. That is. Um, Thanksgiving Day. Go down there. They want to get motorcyclists down there to prove that motorcyclists aren't just a bunch of selfish, um, leather-wearing cosplayers and mean, rough chain swingers that we are actually friendly people that like to help out the community. So if you have a chance and you're not too busy polishing your leather or swinging your chain around, go down there to the uh, motorcycle community feeding the homeless. Um, November 29th, which is the Friday after... um, Thanksgiving is the LA B2V from Palmdale to Las Vegas starts at 6 a.m. over there in Palmdale. I put the I put the shouters out. Is anybody going? And nobody's responded yet. And I'm not you're supposed to ride with a buddy, so I'm not gonna do it alone. And uh, uh you wanna get at the SCR out there? I dude, I don't know. I, I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I should do it on there. And then I look at how much ground clearance that thing has. I would I know <laughs> get in the, the sand 40, and just stop. <laughs> and this 40 would have been a lot better when I had like stock tank and stock motor. Yeah. The, the new motor wouldn't dig that too much. Yeah. I've never spooned these tires off, obviously, because there's it's got less than like five thousand miles on it, but I've spooned spamlas on and off and I know I can do it. I would hate to get out there on this thing, get a flat and then have to like a uh, horse a 550 pound bike around to try and get the you know flipping a 550 pound bike upside down to do the tires like your bicycle a little bit hard <laughs> um november 30th i like how there's just cr- i need to get my cricket sound effect out for that um november 30th the fast track riders academy and apex club track days is having a little track day out there or, and race school actually at fontana at california speedway um we don't really talk about this a lot but it's right it's like one of the premier uh, California racetracks. I used to, um, ra- <clears throat> pardon me, I almost passed out just now. I used to race with a club that did like a lot of track days and even autocrosses there. 
And it is one of the really cool, really, 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 and I said that like I was having a stroke, but it's an awesome, <laughs> it's an awesome um, road course. It's just not talked about as much as like Chuckwalla or um, but, or uh, Zawillow Springs because um, people kind of forget about it because it's inside a, a NASCAR oval, but it's a pretty awesome road course and they're going to be out there doing a, a track day and a race school. So if you're interested in learning how to race and you want to do it somewhere that's got like state-of-the-art facility, I would suggest the uh, California Speedway. When is that? Um, November 30th. Damn it. It's the, uh, yeah. I'm not going to be ready by then. Do, do you know no. how much that's going to be? I don't know. A it, lot. Fontucky's Fon an expensive one. <laughs> yeah. If you go to the uh, Fast Track Riders Academy or the Apex Club Track Days uh, website, they both have it on there. I think it was, I want to say it was like less than 200 bucks, though. I think it was like somewhere right around there, which is pretty on par you know like some of them are even I mean, way that's more than that. reasonable yeah You're using the facility and yeah and you got I, like I imagine they have leathers and yeah stuff. and you got two different um clubs they're teaching you how to race so that's pretty good um november 30th is also the hell on wheel scrambles at day in the dirt at Glen helen which is a yearly event that happens i think it's the weekend after thanksgiving usually or sometimes it's the weekend right after it but this this is uh I think it's usually Thanksgiving weekend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the 30th. I was like, wait, Thanksgiving is late this year. So yeah, so November 30th um, is the, uh, they're doing a little scrambles out there at Day in the Dirt. Day in the Dirt, if you don't know, it's a massive like family fun ride day out there at Glen Helen where they encourage everybody to just get out and do a lap on the track. Um, there's, I don't think they do, they do like fun races, but it's not like a uh, club competition or anything like that. Um, December 7th, moving on to the next week after that, Photos with Santa is going down at Glendale Harley-Davidson from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And if you want to get your picture taken on a hog or maybe Santa's hog, I don't know how, how Harley-Davidson does it, but uh, Glendale Harley is going to be doing that on December 7th. December 8th is the David Mann Chopper Fest happening at Ventura County Fairgrounds in Ventura, California. That is A, a lot of people have already been hyping that for like a month now. Um it's a good one though. Yeah, like a yeah, lot it's pretty of, fun. I went last year. So. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people love. Even Mike from the Misfits usually comes down for it. So I'm gonna see if he's gonna be in town. Um, also, if you are in uh, Newark on Trent, the enormous Newark Auto Jumble is happening there in the old England, UK. Um, it's cars and bikes, and it basically looks like. Um, Ohio vintage day, like the AMA vintage days, but for cars and bikes, like just any weird, crazy thing that you could imagine that is two or four wheels. They, it looks like they have it there. There was tons of old BSA parts and like old triumph parts, um, a car and motorcycle, you know, and then they had like DeLorean parts and like MG and Healy, like all these crazy, uh, really crazy stuff from way back in the day until not so far back in the day. So it just looks like it's a really fun place where enthusiasts, just like AMA Vintage Days, like you might see like the most rare bike in the world and then you go there and there's like five of them. That's kind of what it looked like. It looked like the Auto Jumbo just has all sorts of uh, wacky and crazy stuff. Probably if it's hard to find here in the States um, and you want to you know, you have a hookup over there, call them up because it looks like people just bring stuff out of like the barns and the rafters over there. So that looked like a lot of fun. Um, December 19th, this is a big one that we haven't talked about, even though we've known about it for three or four weeks now, is Lucky Wheels Last Day as a public DIY motorcycle shop. Sad um, day. A sad Not day, long. yeah. They've been around for like four-ish years, I think they said. 
We were lucky enough to talk to them. But they're not closing the shop, right? Well, they're, they're you it's know. It's not DIY garage anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a garage anymore. They're, they have been doing, like the last time we were in there when Brady was doing the um, Pinewood Derby this year, Ty was already saying how much work they're doing as, um, like outsourcing for other places around there. They're doing like tow hitches for a Jeep shop that was close by and, and, uh, like, yeah, well, Ty's a great machinist. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. Got some really good work that he's been doing. So I mean, they're doing good stuff that and that way. Yeah. If you if you watch if you follow them on Instagram, you'll see how much stuff they've been doing and learning over the past four years, which is really, um, it's sad that they're going away. But at the same time, like if you're not in there paying them to learn all that stuff, they're not really making money doing it. What they're making money doing is using their machining skills and welding skills and fab skills to do that and. To, for people that need their services. So that's basically if you need your motorcycle fixed, you may still be able to go there and get it worked on. Or if you need a frame welded up or you still need some fab stuff, you might be able to drop by. But as far as a DIY um, member paid shop, I think, yeah, they're closing their doors is that. Um, I know last time I was there, they had already rented the upstairs out to a, a t-shirt company. So they weren't, they didn't even have the whole facility anymore. Um, I hope to God Lucky Wheels coffee sticks around because I will totally go there um, I, I've gone by a couple times. Um, it's kind of funny to drive, I don't know, like 15 miles to get well, a couple of Well, they made that little, uh, that little, uh, cart. So I wonder if they're going to maybe keep it mobile or, yeah, or something, but I hope so. I, I, I'm going to, I plan on talking to them. Um, I mean the 19th is going to be here pretty soon, but I plan on talking to them before they close just because we had them on when they were open. For, I guess it was their first year if they've only been around for four years and we, uh, had a good time talking to them. Um, any word on the women's moto show? Because I know that they've been hosting it the I last know. few years. I know. I uh, want to talk to them about all that and get that figured out before we we air anything and see what's gonna where that's gonna go and what's gonna happen. Because it's not it's not like they're gonna be shutting down that shop. I think they're just gonna be quitting their DIY uh, function. So we'll see. December twenty eighth um, is the twenty fifth sh- uh, anniversary of the Sheffield Indoor Trials at the Fly DSA Arena in Sheffield, UK. Uh, dude, if you, one of my favorite creative writers, like n- his style is creative. He is like legendary as Tony Boop. And if you want to see like one of the Repsol, like Honda bros rip some crazy, like just crazy writing, go check it out. Um, if you can't, I'm sure it'll be on um, YouTube shortly after, maybe even live stream somewhere, but it's the 25th anniversary of, uh, of the, uh, Sheffield indoor trials. And Tony Boo is going to be there contesting, um, Honda's, uh, title. So it's going to be happening December 28th at the Sheffield, at the, uh, fly DSA arena in Sheffield, England, UK. Um, and then December 29th, we're wrapping it up. We're already a month ahead. So it's the last Sunday in, no- in December is going to be a SoCal cycle swap meet at Long Beach again. So yeah, mark your calendars for all that crap and, uh, <laughs> do one of them or else you suck. <laughs> I'm going to do a couple of them at least. I might, I might, uh, Hey, are you going to go to David man Wiggins? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I should. But uh, I don't know. I've Maybe. never been because I I don't like choppers. But I, it'd be, I keep it'd be I, fun we to keep go. trying to get them There's to do a race. There's lots of good there. art stuff since they it's like lots of art at the track. Mm-hmm. But I, they or do like a race Saturday night or something. But they never do. And I don't know how it turn out. But yeah, it's cool stuff. There's definitely a lot of art stuff there too. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's what we went when we went last year. We were checking out all the art and definitely spent a lot of time looking at. There's a 
lot of artists that go um, really cool stuff. They have like a little art gallery that they had set up. That was neat. They had all the helmets and stuff that were painted. That right. was pretty cool. And famously, David Mann was one of the guy, one of this artist that painted like choppers in funny situations. Whether it was like mm-hmm. you know a guy broken down in the middle of the woods with a bear chasing him or something, or like he's driving down the freeway and a naked lady needed a ride. I was gonna say <laughs> lots of hot mamas and yeah. tatas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mamas and tatas. That sounds like a uh, <laughs> that sounds like a nightclub down in Pacific Beach down in San Diego, but I. Don't think that's, I think it's something else, but that's, that's a good name for a nightclub. Um, so yeah, let's get into what's been going on. We got wigs in the studio. We got Jay here. It, it actually rained today, um, mm-hmm. which was interesting. And I thought, what the hell? We were like 90 degrees two days ago. Then it decided to drop down halfway. And then today it like, well, I don't know about you guys. I know by Wiggins cause I live kind of close to Wiggins, but it since we have the mountains right here and it traps like the hot air and it hits that cold air right over the top, it was like crazy thunder and lightning today here. Like, and it was pouring pretty hard. I don't know if it was like that in the rest of uh, the LA basin, just because it's a little bit more spread out and we're by the um, by the foothills here. But dude, it was nuts. Uh, it was raining really hard. Uh, I don't remember any thunder or lightning, but it was coming down. Like, uh, I know you had texted around 11 a.m. And um, it was pouring over here, and it was still soggy because I had a doctor's appointment in the afternoon, and it was still raining when I went. Yeah. So was, your, was, was, your, uh, was the doctor's appointment soggy? Yeah, it was brain <laughs> sog. <laughs> right. <laughs> um yeah, and the other news, like the biggest news, almost the biggest news, um, we haven't had Wiggins on since he went out to Glen Helen and did the Halloween hill climb. We haven't Which had him was on. Badass, by the way, that we, was so we cool. haven't had him on since yeah, he did the cool. hooligan camp out. We haven't had him on since he he uh, is no longer hooligan Jesus. Now he's um, <laughs> he's hooligan Rob. What's that guy's he's, name? Yeah, Rob. He's a yuppie. Jesus. He doesn't look quite like a yuppie. I don't think it's very yuppie, but... Yeah. American Psycho. You got that American Psycho look. So, yeah, should we just compare business cards really quickly and uh, go murder some hookers? Um, by the way, hey, American Psycho, that was all in his mind, right? That wasn't even... Uh, none of that was real, No, that correct? was Fight Club. I don't know. Was American Psycho the same? Yeah. I think, I think it was... Yeah, I think it was supposed to be symbolic. Yeah. Of the American Psyche. Yeah, yeah, the- yeah. Male psyche in America they, being it emasculated. Was, they were trying to call it American psyche, but they messed up. Um, yeah, Wiggins's hair got chopped off. I think he gave it to Locks of Love, or where did you send it? Uh, to the floor at the barber. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> well, so, I, just, like, I can't wear a hat every day at work anymore, so I didn't want to have it like tied back all the time. So yeah. it's just like fucking. Uh, is over. Wigs growing up? Wigs is growing up into a man. I mean, <laughs> I've gotten away with. Having a grown-up job and long hair for long enough. So yeah, it, I actually. It is what it is. It's funny because, I mean, before I met you, met before I knew, knew you personally, when I would go to the hooligan races, I don't think you had long hair, did you? Uh, it was growing long then. Okay, because I I used to, you know, I before I really met any of those guys, because um, I, I had would, it. Yeah, I had it short for a while. Yeah, I had it kind of long. And then we've been, I cut it short in like 2012. So like 2012, 2013, it was short. And then I pretty well started growing it out. Okay. So it was because I, I really didn't do go to the Ivy league stuff until 14 and 15. I didn't even start this podcast till like the very 
end yeah. of 15. So yeah. Um, so it had probably already been growing out. I just don't remember it that well. You know whose hair really well, it, changed? Well, and it also wasn't way down below my shoulders either. Yeah. So Mark Heathfield, when I first like ran into that guy, he, yeah. Jasper was probably three because Jasper's, oh, Jasper's 11. So Jasper was probably five yeah. or six. And that dude had dreadlocks like down to his friggin' ankles, basically. <laughs> it's coming back pretty, it's not long, but it's like, it's yeah. still kind of long. Yeah. Um, and then Jay, you, your hair, you look like um, Jennifer Lawrence in Hunger Games right now. Last time I saw you, I've never seen it, so I don't know the reference. Oh dang, <laughs> I fail. I need to talk. I need to like chat with somebody who knows TV. So Jay looks like uh, Kristen. What's her face from um, Twilight? <laughs> All right, enough of my stupid joke. Uh, uh, that would be uh, Kristen. What Kristen? Uh, what's her name? Stewart. Yeah, exactly, Kristen. What's her I, name? That That's would what be I like said. a major compliment because she's a fucking fox and a half. All right. Well, I'm not going to so, call you that. But I'm definitely. Actress, but <laughs> dude, yeah. Well, listen. I mean, she's. I. Uh, my, I don't have any type of beauty, anything close to that. So please don't get your hopes up. Listeners, well, you're going to be severely disappointed if you ever meet me in person. I think people <laughs> saw you in the wig and they understand. What you're yeah, yeah, <laughs> scary. I apologize for any blindness that that induced. I saw that picture oh, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what yeah. have I done?" Yeah. <laughs> I lost the challenge. That's what I did. Um, so yeah, that that has all been happening. Wiggins has finally settled on his. We were joking around how you were on your 14th job in just as many weeks, but we weren't quite kidding you you uh this summer has been busy for you let's just leave it at that it's been a little of both it was no job <laughs> and then every job in the world yeah and then like a super part-time temporary job and then another job that was meant to get taken by a motorcycle sales job but um then a different sales job came up so yeah i'm gonna hang this one out because it's paying better than the motorcycle sales one <laughs> hey so. that sometimes you have to think with your wallet and not with your heart oh for sure like so saddleman was meant to be temporary like it was from the start it was meant to just be something to kind of pay some bills with and and do for a little bit and then when i got at the sh- job at the machine shop in burbank i was kind of hoping it was temporary but it was it was in case other stuff didn't work out. Like, cause that's what I've done my whole life has been a CNC programmer at a machine shop. So that was just kind of going back to, to what I know. And then this kind of came up actually by accident, but I'm super stoked on it. <laughs> so it is <laughs> Larry waits until I'm done with my story to go. I'm like, hold, hold on, keep talking. <laughs> but that's yeah, what like, he always, that's I what know. you did the whole time you were gone. Yeah. I got good as taste soon as the story's almost done. He, you see him stand up and take his headphones off. And <laughs> no, like, he's oh, like, cool. yeah, go ahead. Keep, yeah, just keep going. Just extend keep going. it out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was at a little machine shop and it was actually great by machinist standards. It was great. The pay was good. Could have, and it could always be better, but it could have been better, but it was a small shop that I like. I was doing programming. I was doing setup. I was even doing some operating. I was doing quality and inspecting and, um, I was ordering tools and I was like, so I had like all the responsibilities that programmers have at a lot of places, but so I dug it. Like I was kind of a like supervisor of the CNC department. Um, like it was really like my way all the time. Like 
if there was a job that came up, it's like, how do you want to do it? Was that the place that, that video that you showed us? Yeah, yeah, that was yes. at that little aerospace shop. So, I mean, it was killer. It was a good little shop. The 4.30 in the morning, I was digging for a while. All right, everybody. Well, Wiggins is going to continue talking on for like another 25 or 30 minutes about uh, his shop and about working and his new job. None of it was motorcycle related. I did try to get us back on topic. Did not work. So while we're waiting for that all to happen, I, I did want to say that uh, this Friday, when you hear when you're hearing this tomorrow, I will be at IMS. And we'll be talking to a few creative writers there and, and interviewing some people at the show. If there is any bikes, if you're hearing this right now and it's not too late, and there's any bikes that you want to see or you want to hear us talk about, uh, hit me up on the Facebooks or the Instagrams, or if you have my text, uh, go ahead and shoot me one. And uh, I'll check it out in the show or Twitter, our Twitter account. I should be checking all of our social medias tomorrow. Um, pardon me, while I'm at the show, intermittently, of course, uh, in between while I'm walking to the next uh, presentation, probably. And um, if there's something I don't cover, <clears throat> pardon me, next week, let me know. And uh, we'll go back and review the notes and see. I plan on taking pretty good notes. And they only talk, they don't talk about every single bike in their lineup. They're going to be talking about new bikes tomorrow. So if there is a bike that uh, maybe came out and they didn't cover because it's not the latest and greatest, but you want to know about it, let me know. And I'll go over and take a picture with it and send, send you the picture so you can get the deets on it. Um, also, uh, I did want to say that next Friday is going to be the day after Thanksgiving in a, here in the U.S. And I think, I don't know, wherever, wherever else they celebrate Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for my tonsils. They allow me to speak words and my tongue and teeth. Um, anyway, what I was trying to say is I don't know where else they celebrate Thanksgiving this time of year. I think Thanksgiving is like a British tradition or something like that. But I think it's celebrated at this time of the year over here because I think pilgrims that came over here uh, brought it with them. And at this time of the year, they were thankful to get their asses saved by the uh, the native um, population that helped them. So I think that's why we celebrate it here. So I'm not sure if it's even a holiday anywhere else, maybe Canada. But, um, but yeah, so next week, it is going to be a holiday for us here in the States. And uh, I may be out in the wilderness next Friday. So... With that secret and sacred knowledge in mind, uh, come at me before Wednesday with any questions so I can plop them out because I don't. I'm not going to be here uh, Thursday or Friday. I guess no, I won't be here Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. So, yep. Let me know. Let me know uh, what's going. What's good. What's going on. What you want to hear about and all that great stuff. And if I don't talk to you before then, have a great and happy Thanksgiving. If you're here in the states and if you're abroad. Um, Oh, boy. If Wiggins was here, he would have made a terribly sexist joke. <laughs> but uh, while I tried to get him back on track to talking about motorcycles several times um, during the ramblings of the old uh, the Hoosier himself, we did uh, plop this jewel into the atmosphere. As cumulative over time, we yeah, add yeah. an inch every time. <laughs> she said, give me those eight hard inches. So I gave her one inch eight times and punched her in the face. <laughs> Pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh boy. Wow. Speaking of the disclaimer and who, who makes sexist jokes, oh, Wiggins, I'm sorry I threw you under the bus. I'm horrible. Um, anyway, so yeah, let's get back into uh, the uh, episode. We're actually going to run a couple ads first, then get back into the episode. Um, that piece of radio gold will probably go into our clips for episode 200, which is also going to be what's going to be airing next Friday. Um, that's kind of why I wanted to give you the heads up. I don't think we're going to do anything special. I think Moto One is actually going to close us down. Uh, I think they're trying to get um, Cleveland Moto or something like that in our in our slot here at the studio, and they were telling me you're going to have to quit using the broom closet here at Noko uh, or not Nokomoto. Why do I? Why did I say that? I think because Nokomoto is kind of like their new. Um, What's the word when you like love one kid more than the other? Anyway, Nokomoto is their little love child. And that's not the right word for it either. But uh, they love Nokomoto much more than us. They're their star child, their protege. What do you what do you call like when Mike Tyson was getting used by everybody? And uh, that's what Nokomoto is. Moto One is using them to frost their biscuits um, with all the frostings. But anyway, yeah. So Nokomoto's doing great. Moto One Podcast Network is uh, fawning all over them. And in the meantime, they told us, you can go back to your own home studio. We're going to be kicking you out of the broom closet. We're letting you... Wait a minute. That almost sounds better than the deal I'm getting right now. What the hell? Maybe I'll take them up on it. But at any rate, uh, yeah, episode 200 may be our last. Um, so no, we're going to see if Moto1 uh, kicks us out of the recording business or if they let us stick around. So we'll see. So I'm, I don't know if we're going to do anything really special for episode 200. For me, it's just another number, just like my 200th birthday was. Uh, you know, just another day to thank uh, the stars that you woke up on the right side of the dirt. So we'll see. Anyway, episode 200 is going to feature stuff from Long Beach uh, IMS show and uh, probably some shenanigans, post, um, post-Thanksgiving shenanigans. Actually, that'll be on the next one because I'll already be out of town by the time it drops. But anyway, if you want to hear something special... Give us a call if you want to get, uh, if you want to put something out there for like, hey, it's your 200th episode. And I thought I'd say this quirky little funny thing. Send it in to us. Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast at gmail.com or uh, plop it into one of our, slide into our DMs, grease up real good and then slide it right in. We'll take it any way we can get it these days. All right. Let's hit some uh, commercials, pay some bills. Come right back with some more Creative Turding Podcast. For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clobman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clobman Pickle in your face. Clobman's guaranteed. Clobman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clobman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. Mmm, what's that smell? They're at it again. The folks at RP Enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution. You got a hankering for some of Grandma's hush puppies? Sure you do. They're delicious. You love them. Well, how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy, simple, tasty solution? Fist Puppies from RP Enterprises. Never have to listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song again about it. Fist Puppies available only at Hetty's on Fort Street. 
It's not like if I get a bid from someone, it doesn't take out of someone's pocket. So no one's like fighting each other. <laughs> We're all helping each other out. So I'm stoked mm. about that. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely got its pros that way for sure. So Did you, is your butt getting sore from riding around in your car all day? No, my car seat's comfortable, but getting in and out of that thing because it's it's so short, <laughs> it's so like low to the ground, right? <laughs> Your and quads are all it's, pumped. Yeah, it's not slammed. Like it's not a like low low car, but it's just a little car. Um, yeah, dude, there def like there's definitely a lot of things um, considering buying a new car that I'm like fuck that. Have, like, have you driven a thousand miles yet? Do you think <sighs> since you started? Since I started, yeah, because of some of the training was further. But yeah. since I've been cold calling, I've basically got two full weeks cold calling. Yeah. Doing about 50 miles a day. So, no, I'm not. You know what they call that in motorcycling? No. Uh, because it if they did it all in one day, I know what they call it. But not if you spread it out over four weeks. I don't know. So Do you know, Jay, what they call it? Uh, no. Maybe some sort of metal with a certain body part. <laughs> the steel dick I did a steel dick the other day um, But what we all really want to know is Has any of this uh, access to new tools and anything Furthered your motorcycle or knife making career? No, because the shit's too It, it wouldn't do me any good for either of those Dang. For at least for like the knife stuff, like it's all like super fancy end mills and shit. Yeah. So like even if I had a manual, if I had a manual mill in my garage. Yeah. But the thing is, you're back there. You're like hey, your grandpa's crank drill. Dude, I'd have like a fucking half inch end mill that's cost more than my drill press. That's what she said. Um. But yeah, so kind of. Although I have to say, like for a couple training days, I hated driving the stick. Yeah. But when I've actually been out cold calling, driving the stick's not that bad. Yeah. But. That's All the new CVT trainees get better <laughs> mileage <laughs> and driving a stick every day. Like when I would commute to and from driving a stick's rad. I, I love it. That's what she said. But when you're in and out of a fucking car every day, yeah, like, <laughs> like you're getting in and out of the seat. I mean, if you say in and out, so 30 times a day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like you're, you're all, I need brand new seats. Now. No, it's just my Recaro. Like those things, like, but it's definitely like the car being low, I've noticed a lot. And I we filled the back hatch up with books, like our, our catalogs and stuff. So it's like it's a little lower in the rear yeah. now. But um You either need a new seat or a new dude, butt. Keyless entry. I'm not buying a car without keyless entry. Yeah. That's a fucking deal breaker now. Like I know it's and, kinda, and, and as you like, realize cruise control is totally useless in LA, right? Yeah, I mean I've yeah, I, that's Oh, that's been a thing anyway. But the cool thing with all the new cruises is their eyesight. So if you get on the freeway, like uh, the Subaru, the Forester, I could set the cruise at 90 mile an hour. And if there's someone in front of me doing 60, I'm doing 60. Yeah. And when hey, they move out of the way, it speeds up to fucking 90. Have you been able to listen to podcasts more since you're commuting around? Uh, I've had more time to, but I haven't been back into podcasts. Right. I somehow got into Pandora comedy radio. Oh, that's good. That's always good. <laughs> I go in uh, cycles, man. I yeah, go in cycles. I know. Some people binge uh, the shows all at once. Uh, well, and I'll, I'll just go through a phase where I, I only want to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Some people wait till Friday and only listen to this one and then go about their daily business, which is pretty smart in my opinion. That's a good idea. Um, the guys at the Cleveland Moto podcast got next to a car and he said he noticed that it had that lane it was either lane departure no it wasn't lane departure it was the thing where like it, it notices there's a car next to you 
And so it won't let you actually run into it. Yeah. And since he was on a motorcycle and noticed him, and he's like, oh, and he started getting closer to it, and the car started to go away from him. So he said he kept doing it until the car like moved over to the white line, and then it didn't know what to do because it was between him yeah. and the white line. And oh, it was like, dude. oh, God. All the cars I'm looking at have all that shit because it's standard on so many things. And oh, it's honestly, standard now, yeah. I'm not going to lie. We had a 2008 or something Corolla, right? And uh, it was full coverage because it was the only car she had. When we got the brand new Forester, this is 2017, insurance price went down mm-hmm. because it'll break for you. Um, and a lot of the liability for insurance isn't you getting in a collision on the freeway or on the road hitting another car. It's you getting hurt? No, it's not. It's Well, yes, but it's not you hitting another car. It's you hitting a pedestrian mm, or, that too. or someone. It's a person getting hurt. Well, so, that, that's what I'm saying. Like you get right, but right. like the injury is like what? The, yeah, but unless you're policy, right? Unless you hit, so it's like there's detection when you back up. If like if you're trying to back out of a parking spot at a shopping center or a grocery store, and like someone walks behind you, the car will stop. So those things knock down the insurance. Yeah, for it's sure. The eyesight crews and the automatic braking and the lane detection, like. The less they're going to have to pay in bodily injury, the less that you will have to pay for your yeah. insurance policy. And, and everyone cars thinks it's the value of the so car, but nowadays, it's not. Yeah, it's, but it's it's not. I mean, a fifty thousand dollar car, a hundred thousand dollar car, but one night in a hospital is fucking fifty grand. Right, right. So it's like it's not like if someone gets hurt and they spend a week in a hospital, the price of the car is doesn't even register. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was actually mentioning Josh Slay to bring it around to motorcycles uh, today. One of um, my wife's coworkers was in an accident, a pretty bad accident in a 2009 uh, Camry, I think it was, or uh, 2009, some 2009 car. And she was saying the guy came over, just didn't even look and hit her. And she hit the center divide and bounced off it and came back and hit him. She spun around several times, like between him and the center divide. Was it Josh Slay? Well, Josh, remember how Josh, this is, it wasn't Josh Slay, but I I see what you're saying. No, it wasn't Josh Slay, but she, um, you know, being in a 2009, it doesn't have all the side curtain airbags and everything that cars nowadays do. I was like, listen, did you, I said, did you hit your head on the, the B pillar or the the rail oh, yeah. or even the glass, and she's like, yeah, and yeah, it, so like she it got a fucking concussion. She, yeah, she's uh-huh. like, it did it. I didn't think of it until two weeks later when I'm like spacing out and I can't remember things. And yeah. I was like, listen, she's like, yeah. So I got a new car, and it has all that stuff. She's like, it has all that stuff you're talking about: the side curtain airbag, everything, the pillar air. Like, there's airbags that pop the, out from everywhere. The Toyota waits. It won't totally avoid an accident, but in the last second before you hit, it'll hammer the brakes. And they said it'll slow down like 32 mile an hour. Yeah. So if you're doing 60 down the freeway and they're at a total dead stop and you're totally out of it, you're only going to hit them doing 30 mile an hour. But if you're like, you know, if you're doing a speed limit on a 30 mile an hour road and some reason someone stopped and you totally don't see them whatsoever, it'll stop. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So Or at least mitigate some of that speed. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so she's her car. She's like, obviously, I got a brand new car. My car was totaled, and yeah. so is my head now. And she's like, and it has all that stuff, and I feel yeah. a lot better. And I was like, at least that's you why we driving. got it with the Subaru because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, she was pregnant, and I'm like, okay, so let's get like the eyesight detection cruise and all that stuff. So it's just so it's there. You know what I mean? I will say, like, the lane detection stuff's funny because it. Um, I wouldn't recommend getting hammered drunk. The car's not going to keep you in your lane. I mean, it'll keep you in your lane, but the cops are going to know you're hammered drunk. So what it does, 
I didn't do this hammer drunk. I but I like to test car, like I always want to test cars yeah. or test whatever you know. So one, I did like the eyesight cruise and automatic braking for eyesight cruise, and it's a fucked up feeling to not put your foot on a brake pedal. Yeah. And have someone slowing down and being like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I actually and then the had car, funny like, story. start doing. Funny story about that. I went to court uh, for the the ticket. I had to, I was going to try to delay the date. So I went with my, I got a ride with my parents. And my mom has, like, this fancy car with all of the bells and whistles that you're talking about. And so we were on the freeway. And when I'm a passenger in the car, I get really, like, uh, like motion tense. Seat? Oh, okay. No, I get really tense. Like I'm still, you know, triggered easily because I, especially if I'm not like in control of it. So we we're on the freeway and I was just trying to uh, relax. <laughs> so I put the seat down and back. So I'm like reclined. In the front seat? She, yeah, in the front seat. And she's getting on the freeway and someone was merging and then someone like basically almost swerved into us and the car braked. And then my it popped my seat up and forward. Yeah, without so, my input, and I was like, yeah. "What the fuck?" Because I had my eyes closed. I was just like in a space where I was trying to relax, and it was so unnerving. Because if you would have impacted, you would have slid right out underneath all the belts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then so, the airbag uh, would have gone off and smashed you in the face. It's yeah, cr- exactly. So yeah, it was it like, very. I know that feeling that you're talking it about. It totally like detects the lane. Well, I was like driving, so it wasn't as. It's just different, but to like to know a car slowing down and not put your foot on the brake. Yeah, but uh, you. Uh, it's also weird. The Super only do it with the cruise on, though the automatic brake. Yeah, because it figures you're doing everything else. I guess if you right. Don't have the I guess, on. but the and the lane detect. I think it only does with cruise on too. But it like the lane departure thing. It uh, and Toyota's is similar, but I haven't driven theirs to know how it's different. But the Subaru, it like uh, it like ping pongs you. Like yeah. between the lanes. So it, it what it does, like if you do hit the lane, right, it'll steer you back in, but it doesn't steer you into the center. It turns you off of the side. Yeah. So you're pointed at the other side until you get to that side. Yeah. And it'll sit there so and there's it'll little bounce. little cameras that look down, but not like the Tesla autopilot where it looks out and right, registers right. the center. Yeah. So but it's definitely still cool and it's just to keep you like, you know, you've got yeah, whatever just to make sure going you on. Don't it's just to help yeah. keep you like aware and paying attention, and and it beeps at you and all that shit too. And the worst part is like, um, it's probably for dozing drivers because that's oh, like absolutely. the worst yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 that's the most. And there's supposed to be more things now to like keep you like when you're dozing to like help wake you up. Like I think little lights. Tesla's or cold is supposed air. to look in your eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. And oh, te- Tesla's is supposed to like look at your face and decide if you've been look- not looking yeah. forward long enough. That's why all those like sleeping people was supposedly a hoax because after after a while it's like, hey, I you're not looking at me or whatever. And like, oh, does that something. could make sense. Yeah. So supposedly those were hoaxes because it was like, anyway, yeah, that's crazy. Motorcycles are starting, well, Motorcycles are in the phase right now where they have been testing all that stuff as well because yeah. they're looking at where motorcyclists are looking, um, and they're they're like taking readings of what motorcyclists are paying attention to because the V to V. This is all what we're talking about now is not even including vehicle to vehicle uh, communications at this point. This is all just vehicle to like via cameras and radar and LIDAR and stuff looking at the road. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's going to be a whole, in five years, my wife didn't tell, believe me. I was like, dude, listen, I'll be here in like five, 10 years. She's like, yeah, yeah right. I'm like, well, no. the stuff that we paid a lot of money for in my wife's car three years ago is all standard now. Yeah. Yeah. All and the, it's coming because fast. it's also the eyesight cruise and the automatic braking and all that shit. 
not only is it better for the insurance companies and your insurance goes down, it's better for the liabilities on the automaker because the oh, yeah. safer one, the safer their car is, the higher those ratings, yeah. right? So they're going to sell more cars, but they're going to have better liability, you know, because they have to have product liability and all their stuff too. So like they even claim on the new Toyota, like remember when the gas was sticking? That now with the automatic braking, it will override any of that. Right. Well, because everything is going to be servo. Uh, nothing's actually going to be cable anymore. It's going right. to be like computer Even then, controlled. I don't know if it was cable. Maybe not. I, I can't tell you. But yeah, it's it's crazy the stuff that they have and that it's definitely like improving. Yeah. You know, and it's definitely... You know who it sucks for. I mean, it's great. And insurance costs are going to go down. I mean, maybe who knows eventually what's going to happen, but who it sucks for is repair shops because, hey, there's less collisions. <laughs> well, uh, well, the ones that do are going to be super expensive, though. Well, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it, perhaps. It's, it's the same as, like, the machining industry has kind of done this, too, like with the robots, right, who they've been saying for 30 years are coming for our jobs. It's not. You just have to adapt and and move forward with the yeah. times. What I, what I was going to say is like independent repair shops is it's really tough time for them because there's a special you have to have special tools spe- to recalibrate all the cameras and sensors. Yeah, and a lot stuff. of them they can't. Mm-hmm. I know we got a rock chip in the windshield and it ended up cracking all the way across because nothing was available at the time. But when they replaced it, it had to go back to Subaru and get recalibrated. Does it have a rain sensor in it? Is that why? Or the, it, no, that cruise control, the eyesight cruise. Oh, it's built into the wind, yeah. glass somehow. Yeah, yeah, and it does have like some sensors. Like I don't have to turn the headlights on when I go; they're on automatic. Yeah, I don't think this one will do brights, but the new ones will do. Uh, at least the new Toyotas, I believe, when it turns the headlights on, it goes bright, and then if it sees lights, it's dim. Right. So it already knows. Like, um, it has like a sensor to yeah. determine like ambient light mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Right. But yeah, the shops are just going to have to adapt and overcome. And the you're right, like the old dude that wants to, you know, change head gaskets, those days are gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the oil change places, but all, you know, like I said, the Toyota comes with like three to five years of Toyota care. Right. Like the maintenance for the first three years is, I mean, it's factored into the price, but it's part of it. And honestly, their prices are competitive. So yes, it's factored in, but also yeah. they're still competitive with Honda who doesn't have it. It's no longer just for the uh, like BMWs and Mercedes right. of the right. world. Everybody's doing it now. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of those Thanks, options. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> But I think it's it's hard. Yeah, it's definitely hard on a lot of stuff. Like a lot of the repair shops because also with this, like, you know, if you have an issue and your check engine light comes on, what does that mean anymore? Yeah. You know, you've added so much stuff to the car that, it, you know, and I think it's funny because like Subaru talks about like 93% of the cars they've sold in the last 10 years are still on the road, right? Yeah. And 10 years... Right. For most of us, a 10-year-old car is not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> the car I'm driving right now is 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and it was, like for me, it was a new car a year ago, right? Yeah. Like my truck's 15 years old, and it's got over a quarter million miles on it. And I know a lot of people that, and partially it's because we're motorcycle people, right? We don't give a fuck about a new car. <laughs> No, like, but, but I'm excited about it because I don't have to pay for it. Yeah. If it was up to me, it wouldn't. I would drive my old car and I'd be like, what motorcycle can I get? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. A lot of it's funny because uh, now that I've been getting my AMA magazine um, and I've actually been paying attention to the 
um, connected motorcycle consortium. Motorcycle is more and more in the background, and they and and not for the market yet, but they are getting more and more connected with the stuff that we're talking about that's available for cars. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to do it for motorcycles, otherwise we'll be invisible. Yeah. Uh, because the most dangerous yeah. car in about five years is going to be the 10-year-old car, right? Because we don't have any right. of that shit on our right. car. And, right. the, and the, not only do the, the cars that have it have to be able to see motorcycles, but it's going to be better for all of us if motorcycles can also see other cars. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm curious about because I know there's a lot of talk about putting technology into bikes, but what about the technology, like wearing the technology? That's a I'm big wondering thing too. If uh, that I mean, that's could also be something. Because well. I mean, you have an Apple, an, what are the Apple watch? Is that what it's called? And uh, that has an accelerometer and it can tell the speed and the movement and stuff. So, I mean, the technology is able yeah. to be shrunk down to that you could wear it on your wrist. So I don't see why it probably couldn't be something that we could just put on our wrist and, yeah. and go riding. BMW is uh, actually there. Well, are, I think there's like you need more than that because I think what's going to happen is we're going to have to have servos in the head tube. You know, we're going to have to have automatic yeah. braking. So if you're lane splitting, it can steer away. Honda and, has uh, and the hard both part, of those. <laughs> no, they do. And the hard part, I think, with that, and, you know, a lot of bikes can ride themselves to a point. But the hard part with that is they steer you. Like, Well, what I'm talking about is like v, know, but you steer v to V type technology. Like if you have V to V technology and the, all the cars are talking with each other, but not they're even, not talking to the motorcycle. No, they're, Maybe they're that working on that with motorcycles Yeah, right no, now. they're going to have to talk to the bikes. But even, like, say you come back to, like, this time <laughs> instead of the future where everything's talking to each other, like, what about bikes just having an automatic braking? Like, there's a yeah. sensor out front, so if you're doing 130 down the freeway and there's a car in front of you doing 80, it'll slow you down. It'll hit the yeah. brakes for you. I wish I would have had something like that. <laughs> Honda Honda has that right now. It's not on the market yet, but also BMW right. announced back in 2016 that they're working on it. And when they brought that self-riding bike out, you know, that little test that they did like two years ago or a year and a half ago, um, that is kind of what their next, their vision next 100. And Jay, what you said about wearable technology, their whole thing was that this suit that we're making or, you know, this is their future idea. We'll see how, if it ever comes to fruition or how long, because they're actually working on a helmet to work with this as well. But they were saying that as long as you have this suit and these goggles on, you won't need a helmet because the bike won't crash, be mm-hmm. able to be crashed. But the suit has sensors and stuff in it that tells the bike where your body position is. And what, like, if you fall asleep and start to fall off, the bike will stop, you know, slam on the brakes. But it also, reads where you're leaning and the bike reads how it's leaning into the corner. So they were saying there's this whole thing um, and they've proven that they can make a bike drive itself because um, mm-hmm. that that uh, GS1200 did like last year or two years ago. Now they're going to put the the rest of the pieces in, in wearable technology like you're saying with an accelerometer that goes in the um, suit that you have on that tells yeah, the I'm suit. Yeah, because I'm just thinking of like people like me who have like an older bike that doesn't have any of that yeah, technology. I mean, yeah. yeah, well, we're talking about like I, I might as well have been driving around my old, uh, you know, Dodge Coronet. You know, it's the same sort of thing. Like I can drive around my hot rod and won't have any of the new latest and greatest. Hell, my... 
my Scion basically has like ABS and, and airbags and, that, and that's all. And if I'm still driving that thing around in 10 years, I'm going to be the dangerous guy on the street because I'm going to be the one that doesn't know, has to rely on my now 10 year older human brain to see where everybody's at with all these sensors and stuff that they got, right? They're going to be honking at me like, what's this dirt bag doing getting in my lane? Like, doesn't his car see I'm not there? But they are working on that stuff into motorcycles and they are, it is coming down the line. Um, uh, kind of what you're talking about plays right into um, RDRS and all the stuff that has made its way into baggers recently. And we should talk about that, not on this episode, but let's talk about it on next episode. On this week's episode, um, now that we're an hour in, I want to talk about ICMA. And everybody's already been talking about all the great stuff. If I, I, last week on the show, I even did like a... I think a 30 long, 30 minute long rant. And then I edited it all out. Cause like, I'm going to save <laughs> this for later. I'm going to re talk about this stuff at a more apropos time. Um, cause IMS is coming up this week and, and might as well, everything that they talked about at ICMA is probably going to be at IMS. And it's like, it's all the same no matter where you go. Right. I'm sure, at, at, uh, what did I say isn't happening in the UK right now is, um, motorcycle live. All that same crap's probably happening over there. So I wanted to talk about ICMA this week and talk about the stuff that we're probably not going to hear about from ICMA or IMS or AIM or Motorcycle Live or any of that crap. And that is some of the stuff that came out at ICMA 2019 that was mind-blowing um, and has some of this tech that we're talking about on it and more. You guys ready to get into this? I'm going to... Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's get some <laughs> sweet intro music here. None of us heard it because it's imaginary in our minds. But here we go. So at ICMA this year, um, there was a slew of electric bikes. And most of these I picked up off Electrek. I heard about them and read about them all over the internet. And then I noticed that Electrek had basically made a list of all the greatest um, that included my whole list and, and more. So the first one that I really wanted to talk about... Um, isn't their first. Their first is the uh, the Verge TS, and it made the news because it has a hubless rear motor or a rear wheel, rear motor wheel, um, which just kind of looks like futuristic, where the the wheel just spins around on a circular track, so it doesn't look like it has spokes or anything like that. I mean, in fact, it doesn't have spokes, right? Uh, my thing is like, does it use magnets or? Yeah, it must. It has some mm. sort of like uh, electromagnetic drive in the back. I'm sure. Um, so they showed off the production version, um, and it, this brand or the Verge, which was formerly RMK, which is really weird because I just saw RMK on Twitter somewhere. Somebody was posting, so I think RMK is still around. But um, apparently, this branch, or maybe they have rebranded as Verge, um, showed off a production version of their TS, um, and it was one of the most unique motorcycles. Um, because of the rear wheel, the way the rear wheel looks. It basically looks, the whole bike looks kind of futuristic. And being an e-bike, there's no motor. There's just like a battery pack. And the rear wheel is totally hubless. Or, uh, you know, I say hubless because, yeah, there's nothing in it. It basically looks kind of like Akira's bike, uh, the kind of the way the wheels looked on that thing. But you said there's no motor, but isn't a motor the motor electric? Well, yeah. So there is motors, just electric? I'm saying there's no engine. Okay. You know, being being an electric bike, there's no engine, so it's just got like that square. They you can design whatever the hell you want now on the sides. <laughs> so, um, and actually, 
we should talk about the live wire. I think they talked about the live wire too. So anyway, this this thing, I don't even know how much it, it is. Um, it looks really expensive and it looks kind of cheesy and futuristic, even for electric bikes. But the funny thing here is they say that it produces a thousand nm's of torque. Um, Newton meters, right? Yeah, Newton meters, mm-hmm. which I think is like 50,000 foot-pounds or something like that. It's it's quite a lot. For one bike, it does 50,000 foot-pounds? That sounds pretty accurate. It's still not on par with Spamala, but it sounds pretty accurate. That's right. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm not even allowed to disclose through scientific uh, NDAs that I've signed uh, Spamala's torque, but... Um, cake. I didn't even want to talk about cake, but they they have they drop like three or four bikes at ICMA. I doubt we're gonna see any of this crap at, at IMS. We didn't see any of it at AIM. I think maybe UBCO was the only brand at AIM that was there. Um, Kimco, who is one of the biggest in the world uh, leaders in the two world market, we just don't hear about them because most of the stuff they export to us is scooters, right? And that's what they're known for. That's why they're such a global powerhouse is because like most of the world actually rides scooters. Um, so we don't hear about it that much over here. But they came out with this friggin' last year they showed a, a prototype of this electric race bike that made like 200, I forget exactly what they said the horsepower was. I know it was like 155 mile an hour. But, um, they brought it out at, at uh, ICMA this year, the Supernex, and it is friggin' sexy. It's one of the sexiest, for being a um, scooter company, it's one of the sexiest motorcycles. It's kind of like when I saw the Energica, how, uh, like, the Energica is probably my favorite looking electric motorcycle because it actually looks good for an electric motorcycle. Kind of like Wiggins was like, uh, found that the Zeros with their square tubing and all that stuff didn't really look that sexy. Um, yeah, so this the thing, look good. yeah, so the Energicas look great. Now this thing also, it comes out, it's got a 200, uh, kilometer, um, top speed, which is only 120 miles an hour on this one. The last year's model had like a 155, uh, top speed, but I think that they've kind of like, uh, messed around with it to get it to be like, um, a longer distance too on your, on your range. And it's interesting because both versions came out with a six-speed gearbox, which is kind of weird. Like most electric bikes don't have a gearbox. And I remember when the uh, the Bramo Impulse did, it was kind of they said it was clunky. But a lot of people, that's what they miss about um, when they ride electric bikes is they miss the shifting. You know, you you definitely miss the clutch, but you miss the shifting too. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is they added this gearbox, and it really adding a gearbox to an electric motor only makes you minimal. Uh, gains, but I guess it does allow you to just eke out that much more range or that much more horsepower, depending on which you know where you're shifting and doing all your shifting. Aren't they? I think I re- was reading something recently that the Porsche was doing something like that yeah. in their in their cars too, because there were like enthusiasts who were like uh, missing the manual transmission. Yeah, Porsche is actually one of the last manufacturers to make, even in their supercars, to make a uh, a manual transmission. I think they're mm-hmm. the last. Even Ferrari yeah. and Lamborghini went to like paddle shifters, so you yeah. only partially, you know, there's no clutch anymore. And yeah, Porsche is the last one that has a true manual transmission, so it wouldn't surprise me. Porsche also the ones calling their new electric car the turbo. <laughs> I think Elon Musk gave him a lot of guff about that, calling an electric uh, turbo. Um, <laughs> it's cool, though. 
I mean, all the Mexicans that go to AutoZone, they their cars are automatically turbo then too. <laughs> you know, Toyota um, and their Corolla hatch is bringing back a manual. Are they? They're, well, all right. Well, Jay and uh, Wigan start talking again about uh, cars for the second time on this goddamn uh, motorcycle podcast. Um, they they did start talking about. Uh, we kind of went down this rabbit hole of transmissions and the driving experience and riding experience and what it's all about. I did see a uh, review that this guy did on one of the Energicas recently. He actually went down here to Irvine um, to the, uh, I forget what the name of the motorsports company is. I think it's Mission Motors that has the uh, the Egos for sale here in California locally. And he went on a ride and he said, you know what What it is, is our, our muscle memory is kind of what uh, dictates when we shift and how we shift and what sort of stuff we're looking for when we shift. And he said, I noticed that on the electric bike, my muscle memory didn't tell me any of that because none of those stimuli activates. Um, you know, when you're running and there's something there, you, your muscle memory says jump over it. But if there's nothing there, your muscle memory doesn't tell you to jump, right? So he was equating it to that. And he said that riding the electric bike was really, um, really eye-opening and uh, kind of made him reconsider all the, the things that people have said about uh, electric bikes and stuff like that. Coming to this, we we touch on this later, and I I didn't I've I've looked at all these things, and every article has changed since. I was looking at it when ICMA came out, and now that ICMA is out, everybody's like, uh, when ICMA's done, everybody has kind of re-edited their articles and stuff. So the the information is different that I was looking at a couple days ago versus today. But I did want to say that uh, Energica, we might cover this later, and I and I might not have it accurate in a couple of minutes, but Energica has a 13 kilowatt hour battery now and 145 uh, HPs. And they just sent me their press release. Um, and I think that said they're getting something like, uh, 200 some odd miles in the city on, uh, their 13 kilowatt hour, um, battery. And that is the, uh, that's the biggest battery right now in a uh, production for sale motorcycle. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll get into some of the smaller models that have uh, extreme amounts of torque. Um, Let's get back to the conversation right uh, now. Mentioned that I don't see on this list right here. Oh, here it is. The Super Soco. Um, I forget exactly the model. The one they're showing here is the scooter, but it was the Super Soco um, like T Max or something like that. And that thing was an electric uh, motorcycle that did, I think, around 56 miles per hour, which is perfect for, like, hell, in L.A., you could commute on the freeway on that most most times of the day, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But it's perfect for city, perfect for, like, neighborhood, because, hell, let's face it, in the neighborhoods around here, we do probably, like, 60 miles an hour on the surface streets. <laughs> um, but then, and the big boulevards, of course, you know, they're, they're basically little mini freeways through the city. But so I was like, oh, that'd be perfect. And it had more friggin' torque than the Harley Davidson um, Milwaukee 8 114. It had like 100. I think that thing has 123 for the um, the 114. And this thing had like 128 foot pounds. And I was like, holy crap, out of an electric, a little electric motorcycle that would, um, with that type of torque, you know, just wheelie, I guess. You just like pop it open and it'll just stand straight up. But um, that that was the biggest thing I saw out of all these motorcycles was the the torques numbers um, and just the crazy amount of, <clears throat> excuse me, like butt 
the 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 fun thing about a V twin is that it has like Harleys. They're not extremely fast, but they feel fast because you take off fast. It's a V. It's a V twin with all the power down low, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the difference between that and like an inline four, where you have to like get the revs up to like twelve thousand and you're top speeding it, right? So all of these motorcycles, even though like they top out at like sixty five and seventy eight miles an hour and stuff, the getting there is the fun part because that. Um, they have like the more torque than a, a like eighteen hundred cc V twin. No, not even eighteen hundred. It's like the well, those are getting up in like the two thousands. The, the thing uh, with the bike, your limiting factor is keeping the front wheel down. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's still, and I'll fight the other podcasts on this all day long because first of all, their video was a joke. But you talk about Cleveland Moto. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, how about when the light turns green?" I'll rev my bike up and then I'll dump the clutch. Like he wasn't even close to ready, but there's still nothing faster across the intersection than a Harley on as far as stock bikes. Okay. Nitrous crisp, maybe, but a stock jigs or thou won't smoke a Harley across an intersection. Yeah. Where you start to really gain on an electric bike is when you have to shift gears. Like I've noticed that huge in my GTI, like it's a quick little car. But like going through an intersection or like taking off from a light, short like first gear is so short, you have to shift out of it so quick that honestly, like automatics and stuff just like yeah. they just like walk away because you're all the way through first gear in that car, like you're fighting traction on the front wheels. So on a sport bike, it's like you're fighting keeping the front wheel down, right? And then you gotta get to second so quick. You know, and a lot of modern sport bikes will do like eighty or ninety or more in first gear. But uh, I actually definitely more because mine almost 20 years ago would do 80 in first gear. But still, like when you have to get it out of first gear, that's when you're starting to fall behind. Yeah. My and, buddy my buddy and I that used to road race uh, and do like autocrossing and stuff loved our manuals because you could like throw it down. You could engine, you know, use the engine for engine yeah. braking and you could do a whole bunch of stuff with it. You couldn't with the automatic, but he used to drag race as well. And he was like, no, he's like, to be honest, like automatics make better drag racers because they don't have to shift. He's well, like, they just keep yeah. going straight. I mean, all the drag cars, it was based on the... Hydrogliders. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The it was uh, a, but it's a two-speed automatic yeah, yeah, transmission. Yeah, yeah, and even all the new top fuel and everything, they're all based on that. I don't even know if some of them have. Yeah, they're still a two-speed. You just never hear them shift. But so, a lot of the pro stock cars, you'd hear. Yeah, so it's the, crazy hearing the bikes and some of the like littler cars that have four or five gears. Yeah. But all the big fast cars, like you don't hear anything uh-uh. or you just hear them shift once. And Cleveland Moto, even Phil said, if you, if he whacked it all the way open, it wouldn't go at first because it realized what you were trying to do and it didn't want you to flip it. Cause that's what, like you're saying, the biggest thing is yeah. with all that torque, you, like I said, you could stand it straight up. Well, that's up. not what I'm saying about their video on, on Cleveland Moto. When we watched their video, the guy on the gas bike was sitting there at idle. Well, they both had their throttles like... Yeah, they both have <laughs> throttles off, right? Off. And he's right. On the electric, as soon as you hit the throttle, it takes They're off. Going, and that's yeah. not how a gas one works. But, you know, you do have some benefits of a gas motor. You've got a lot of, in this, I don't know if it's good, like, technology-wise, but you've got a lot of weight spinning around in there that's helping you launch. But you've got to be at a certain RPM before you can do that. You can't just be idling and then rev it up to where you want and then start feeding it clutch. Like if you're going to race and see which bike is faster in a hundred feet or 60 feet or a quarter mile or whatever, 
you both need to be ready when the light turns. And honestly, on an electric bike, to me, that would be, I got a foot on the rear brake or maybe the front brake and I can already be in the torque and in the power a little bit, like fighting against the brake. So it gives you a little bit harder of a launch too. But, you know, no one's going to sit there like with their arms at their side and then go, okay, let's race. Okay, both of you keep your arms down. Like that doesn't teach you. That doesn't do anything. It doesn't make it a fair fight. Like yeah. if you're going to go, you're both going to be ready when the Although, light turns. Although um, most electric motorcycles that I've seen, especially like the ones like the Livewire and the Energica and the, even the Zero, most of them have faster zero to 60 times than most gas bikes. So I know that they definitely wouldn't win a drag race quarter mile, but it is interesting to see these things coming out. Um, and you know what? The Harley's like 2.9 or something like that, or 3.9, 2.9. Uh, everybody is 0.9. I'm just very suspicious that they're rounding down by like, just say three seconds because we know, <laughs> we know you had to really eke out to get that 2.9. Like when you drag raced at, uh, Twisted Throttles, we know how long it took you to dial in like a 10th of a second lower, right? Or even a thousandth. So it's funny that they're all like blah, blah, 0.9. But the funny thing is, is that, yeah, just like the Tesla that trolls that trolls everybody on the drag racing vids that I've been watching on YouTube, that that guy just smokes them because it's on the street, but go to like a quarter mile and I don't think he'd hold up. I I mean, he's running a lot of drag cars, but he's got a couple of benefits. He's all wheel drive. Yeah. And he doesn't have to shift where the cars he's racing do have to shift. Yeah. You know, even the ones with automatics, you know, a lot of them are still two wheel drive. You're going to, even if it's like a drag car, like Fox body Mustang, like it's two wheel drive, it's going to stand up, you know, it still has to shift at some point. Like it's not totally ideal. And that Tesla is just laying them down. Oh yeah. And they're, like I said, the base model three right now, if you get just the extended range package, not the performance package, it's under four seconds for zero to 60. Yeah. My my old neighbor had one, and and uh, we went out for a ride one day, and I thought, oh, okay, cool, we'll go down the street. And man, I almost vomited. It'd been so long since I have raced in a car, and so it had been so long since I launched like that that I well, started the, to sweat profusely, dude, the, and I was like, I need to stop doing this. Yeah, the Model <laughs> S, like the nice car, if you get the P100 and put it in ludicrous mode, dude, it's like under three seconds or yeah. zero to 60 it's fucking insane yeah his was the four-wheel drive version and it felt just disgusting like i, I when i got out i swear there was an impression of my body <laughs> in the seat still it was, yeah. there's a big brown stain oh yeah think that of it this way too no like, no there was a peak where my butt cheeks were holding me to the seat because i was clenching them so hard yeah. yeah it was like it was made me sweat think of it this way nauseous. too like if we went to say we all went go-karting, right? And say we were all equal driving skills. If we go out to a gas go-karting range, you guys are going to kick my ass. I've seen it happen, right? If we go to K1, I have a more than a fighting chance. Like it's crazy that the electric motors almost like that uh, equalizer? Yeah. They have so much torque right. that you don't notice. Where right. the gas ones, they're not. And I, I'm, trust me, I'm always the person when people are like, oh, yeah, but Harleys make a lot of torque, man. They're fucking, they got torque. Listen, torque's good for towing a fucking plow, right? And on a gasoline motorcycle, there's this little box behind the motor that we call a transmission. 
and it totally negates the torque horsepower thing, right? A CBR <laughs> 600 makes like two foot pounds of torque, but it makes like 105 fucking horsepower. But because of the way the gears are in the tranny, you can rev that fucking thing at 13,000 RPM and right. it's a banshee, dude. It's insane. And on a Harley, I can rev it at 3,000 RPM and get and 128 it fucking foot pounds launches. Of torque. Right, right. Yeah. So it's all there's with gas, we have equalizers right we have things that make up for it where electrics usually direct drive but it's like they don't they don't like it's crazy how you could have an electric motor with 10 pounds on it and the thing's gonna do zero to 60 in whatever time and then you could take the same one and put 500 pounds on it and it's still gonna do that same zero to 60 it's crazy and it's awesome for fat guys that want to go go-karting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was my thing with the Super Soco is when I saw the the torque numbers on that and I saw that they had more than every except for the new uh, Indian Power Plus, I think was the only thing that had about the same torque numbers as it. And I just, it made me start thinking of in a different way about these um, electric bikes that are coming out. Um, well, I'm I, curious too because um, this year was the first year the inaugural um, electric addition into the, the Moto GP. Right. I'm curious to see how that takes. Like I watched, I watched one of the races and it was so funny because it, there's only seven laps. So it was like a, it felt like it was like a 30 minute race. And I look, I was doing some art and I looked down and then I looked back up and the race was over. Yeah. So, but I'm curious to see how the pros handle the, these machines and what that does. For well, they the did a, they had Colin Edwards. Was it Colin Edwards that they had do it right at Texas this year? It was Colin Edwards. Probably at Coda. Right. So he did a exhibition on one of them at the Coda race. Like, and then they had like a garage fire, one of the charging stations at mm -hmm. another race that put it off. Yeah. That well, actually what, stalled yeah. the season. The, the yep. thing is too, like we're talking about it right now and everyone's like, well, it's not as good. It's not as fast. It's oh, not I as think this, it is. I, I liked it. Well, here's, they were getting pretty fast. They were like the, 130, I believe. Here's the thing though. We need now or it's never going to be what it would be in the future. Exactly. Like you have to start somewhere. And it's not, you know, when it's brand new, of course it's not cool as cool as MotoGP. And I agree to a point with people like drag racing is probably the most, and I'm not a drag racing fan. Um, funny enough, I was going to say sorry, Nitrous Chris, but actually I really like his kind of drag racing um, where there's more innovation and riding ability than money. Yeah, for but, sure. You know, I mean, and top fuel is fucking insane and it's a next level thing and I, I I but it doesn't do anything for me. Like I'm still the type of person that I'll say fast cars go drag racing and and fast drivers go turn corners. But <laughs> but that's beside the point. You should go to an NHR event just to feel the top fuel cars go by. Like it like crushes your chest and Moto GP mm -hmm. is like, it's a different level and it's a different experience, but like the sound is so loud and this isn't also always a good thing, but it's so loud. Like you feel it and it, it like immerses you into it more and you yeah. feel how fast they're going by. Well, that was the funny thing is the commentators, uh, they had the people that are down on the field, like interviewing the, the, some of the racers and whatnot. And the, you could actually hear them speaking in conversational level yeah. volumes versus well, the, right after that, we watched the GP race and they were literally having to scream over yeah. the roar of the engine. And you're going to like, 
dirt tracks are going to lose out because people are going to bitch about dust, right? But mm-hmm. the dust doesn't travel as far. And but Laguna Seca, look at the opportunities are going to open up there. Like you know, there's they won't be shut down because of noise complaints. Absolutely. You know, it has so many benefits. And I again, like I'm also a person that says electric is not it is the future, but not because it should be. I don't think it's near as green as everyone wants to make you believe. Yeah, like, I agree. It, it's they're literally the batteries are coming out of blood mines, like worse than your yeah, diamonds. There's a, like, yeah, there's a child lot of, slave like, labor digging the lithium out of yep. the ground, and and these like old ass fucking diesel bulldozers and stuff like that's not a good and they're not being recycled the way that they should be well, like, they, yeah, there's a lot they don't know how there. to recycle them the way that they should like that's part of the problem like, i don't think if you go to an old gas um junkyard either though they just <laughs> let that shit seep into the sure. well, the thing is everyone knows that that's a dirty right method. and and with, everyone knows that that's a common thing everyone's been saying hyping up electric as it, yeah. if it's the savior well, but it's and all the tesla fucktards with their zero emissions uh like license plates and stuff although i did see one uh yesterday that said uh okay turbo or chill turbo or something like that and i thought that was funny they were just like it was like chill out turbo i thought that was kind of cool cuz they are fast like that's what i like about them but they're not amazing and they're not like even if you have solar on your house and stuff like there's still the batteries are bad like hands down but whether we like it or not it's still the future of what's happening with automobiles yeah i mean unless you're gonna go start a car company that focuses not on it everybody else is focusing on it (laughs) right and (laughs) look at the challenges that provided like you know, and honestly, the only reason anyone's doing it, one, hybrids, and two, Elon's pushing it because he doesn't give a fuck. Everyone else cares too much about profits over progress, and he doesn't. I mean, he does, but he doesn't. The guy's been bankrupt how many times since he's been a <laughs> fucking billionaire? But all that aside, it is the future of vehicles, whether it should be for environmental reasons or should not be, is a totally other discussion that we're never going to have the facts on until it's too late, but because it's the future of automobiles and because electric motors are proven to be fast, it's also the future of racing. Um, is it going to take over formula one? Probably eventually. Is it going to take over moto GP? Probably eventually. Like it's look what it's already doing at motocross. Like unfortunately, you know, with the one being gone, but you know, they're, it's and like one of the big reasons I know a lot of people want an electric dirt bike is they're like, I can go out of my house and hit some fucking trails. No one's going to know. No one's going to mm-hmm. say anything. No one's going to get butt hurt. Like they're not even going to know I'm there. Yeah. And I told like, that's it, They're quieter than a mountain bike going around the trail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so there's definitely stuff like that it's, here. Uh, uh, something that's exciting that's happening is, uh, okay. Um, as electric motorcycles are being compared to electric motors, uh, bicycles and some electric bicycles and motorcycles, as we saw at that EV, the evolution show at the Peterson where the cake, remember the cake was a motorcycle because it didn't have pedals, but at the same time it wasn't road legal because the tires were motorcycle size and not bicycle size mm-hmm. and all that, whatever they couldn't get around the legality of it. Um, there's a few states I just read in, uh, again, going back to the AMA magazine, um, there's a few states opening trails up to 
e-bikes that didn't used to before. Now electric bicycles face the same stuff that motorcycles used to face. Is that they they didn't they were they didn't let them do it because they didn't know. You know, so now they're opening that up and it's opening the door to some smaller electric motorcycles. And like, you know, like Wiggs was saying, um, Sonoma or Laguna Seca being like having a very rich community move to the track from the surrounding area. There was already a motocross track up there somewhere in um, like the San Francisco area that got closed down. This is like five years ago. This is like. Uh, old news now, but they went to um, the Zero FX or whatever the Zero um, uh, Super, the motocross bike is. Is this the FX? I think it is. The Zero FX was like the, basically like an electric dirt bike, right? Um, and so they said electrics only and they got to stay open. And now electric, you know, has moved in there. So it's creating new opportunities for sure. And yeah, like whether it's whether it's green or not, like people are doing it, and uh, it's definitely allowing new things. Like, like you know, I could I could open up a, um, a motorcycle track in my backyard now, and like nobody would ever know. <laughs> they would unless they saw your helmet popping over the fence once they in a while. They see all the dust and dirt and cursing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they'd be like, "What the hell is this guy always like re- renovating his backyard for?" Right? So yeah, it's it is interesting, and it's part of the reason why a lot of the motocross tracks where I used to live in San Diego got shut down. It was like they complaint from the neighborhood, the noise, the liability, and I think half the the reason they sought out liability is because the noise. You know, if the, if it wasn't so loud, I don't think they would have been pointing out how many people got hurt because they wouldn't, you know, they don't care. They just didn't want the noise there. So it was, it's a really interesting, um, sort of paradigm there. Uh, people are sensitive to the sound as yeah. I've uh, been well, people are targeted. Just, people are just <laughs> fucking hypocrites too. Like whatever they do is okay, but whatever you do is not okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like to be honest, the guy in my neighborhood that had mentioned it wasn't a jerk about it. it was actually like, yeah, I just mentioned it a couple times, which made me aware that like he, Heard us leaving. Remember that one time you left at like midnight? <laughs> I and I accidentally like, honked the air horn. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I've actually that had... That, of course, was the latest night that I stayed, too. I know, I know. It was like I almost know. midnight, and I honked the horn. I've actually had people, like, mention stuff like that, and they're not the people that get upset, but they're like, hey, I noticed it, which means that other neighbor that's yeah. an asshole noticed mm-hmm. it, and they're not saying right. anything. I think that's kind of what they're waiting. they yeah, were yeah. doing. And they're like... Passive-aggressively. Well, yeah. no, they're just saying like, hey... No, no, I'm saying we the wanna, person oh, yeah, 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 yeah. is the They're like, they just want to avoid the whole thing for everyone, so they're like, hey, yeah. just, I mean, you know, we all got to live here. And yeah. it, to me, that also goes back to don't shit where you eat. Yeah. And, you know, I love it because, like, I was reading on, like, all these Dinah, like, Facebook pages, guys were like, oh, I'd fucking go do a burnout in front of that neighbor's. And uh, my buddy lived I next. Think, to- <laughs> I think a Dinah guy said that to me <laughs> right out, right after I told him that they. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my buddy's neighbor was a Vago, okay. right? Like one of the big three clubs. And uh, we'd hear him come home, and he'd like shut his bike off and yeah. walk down. So he'd like get a little speed, hit the corner, and kill it, yeah. right? And coast half a block or block to his house. <laughs> I did that on the VFR when and I was coming home at like 11 it, and it, yeah. uh, from the motorcycle podcasters challenge. I got as much speed as I could and then just yeah. killed it a couple corners. Yeah. You just try to, you just don't want to shit where you eat. Yeah. And even if you're a bad motherfucker, like he is, 
You just hey, nobody, there's nothing wrong with being nice to your neighbors. Nobody's better than a homeowners yeah. association that can, <laughs> that can kick you out of your own neighborhood. That is true. <laughs> is uh, there a homeowners association in your neighborhood? Uh, I don't know. There may be. Oh. Um, no wonder you're fancy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, no wonder I have to water my grass when I just want to let it be tumbleweeds and cactus. <laughs> um, I want to go back to some of the, uh, you know, speaking of sound and all this stuff. Yeah, if we had electric bikes, this wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> Except for that air horn. Except for the air horn. <laughs> um, the Super Soco that I was talking about, I found it. It is the TC Max. When I said T Max, I was like, I know that's a freaking Yamaha like sport scooter. It's the TC Max, and it's only fifty one hundred dollars, sixty two. Uh, mile per hour, not 56, whatever I said. And yeah, 125 foot pounds of torque, which is more than the uh, Milwaukee 8 um, 114, which I think has 123. Um, so yeah, the cool thing that I saw about most of these bikes is that, because um, they had the TC, uh, the TC and the TS also, which are kind of like sports, uh, kind of hipster sport, little just package deals. Um the TC Max actually looks pretty badass, and it and, and it doesn't have a rear fender, so it fits right along with like all the hipster styling that's so popular today. Um, and it has like that rear fender bracket deal, kind of like the MT-07 does or the MT-09, I think it is that actually has that, um, where it's like the bracket for the uh, rear license plate comes off the swing arm, so it's like so super super hipster cool. Japanese style, you I know. Think that's just Euro. I think they have to have it over there, right? Maybe. I mean, well, they have to have it somewhere. Yeah, that's pro- it is probably like a certain distance from the height off the ground, so that's the only place they can mount it. But the thing I thought that was super cool about these is because like everybody's got range anxiety, and for a fifty-one hundred dollar bike, when I'm thinking like Harley Davidson's like twenty-nine thousand dollar bike only gets you know like seventy-eight miles realistically how friggin' far can this thing go? And But the fact that it uh, is kind of, um, what, what am I trying to say? The fact that it's like limited at 62 miles an hour keeps it a little bit longer distance. But they also have swappable batteries that are like the size of a briefcase. So that's the deal that like I've seen coming out of um, most of the motorcycles at ICMA this year is that like Energica announced that, that one of their new models and they had partnered with Samsung, I think, who I just thought of this. If it is Samsung, it might have been Motorola, but it might, if, it, if it is Samsung, aren't they the ones that had the exploding batteries? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> yeah, that's why that did, fire. Yeah, that was the, the, the Note or the Pad or something. Yeah, or the, the, the Samsung, the Galaxy 5 phone yeah, that would blow up in people's pockets. Maybe that's what happened with that first fire this year at the, the Moto E, right? But, um, but they, whoever they partnered with, they're getting like an extra boost out of, um, I think they're getting like an extra, like 50 miles of range or something, which is pretty incredible for, you know, already, they were already kind of catching up to, um, gas bikes, but to get like an extra range just out of doing like some testing with like somebody that makes explosive batteries, (laughs) but, um, that new, the model three extended range, I want to say was 600 miles. So, yeah. So, I mean, the electrics yeah. are getting crazy right now. I'm crazy with it. And uh, the Harley Livewire was also one that everyone's been mentioning um, and that didn't get very much press from ICMA because it wasn't uh, an Italian bike. The um, Zero FXS, which is their like uh, kind of supermoto um, dirt bike deal. There's this company named Auto Bike that's come out with an MXR that looks just as cool and it's got 11 kilowatt hours. I think all the... 
I think the zero has like a nine or 12 or something. So that's like right on with that. And it, it's a 30 feet, 33 foot pounds can go up to 75 miles an hour. So it'd be a pretty bitchin' off-road bike. Um, and, it, and it looks a lot cooler than the zero does to me. What do you think, Wigs? There's not really square tubing on this. I mean, it still looks funky because it's electric, but there's no square Dude, tubing. Dude, my monitor's not on. Oh, is it not? <laughs> no. <laughs> Has it been on the whole time? I was. I wanted to be like, it's cool that the tournament set up this nice monitor for me, but uh, it's not been on all night. <laughs> is it on now? Uh, no. Is it just a blue screen? It's not even blue. Yet. All right. It's still use black. the power of your mind. You talk to Jay. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the spike looks like, Wiggins? <laughs> is it a zero? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Actually, that new Zero they just released looks pretty good. Yeah. Which model? The, uh, the new one, the FXS. He said. Oh yeah. Yeah, they uh, they just got. I mean, it was like rectangle fucking tubing and stuff. Like, come on. Like, yeah, it was gross. But that I'm curious. That's a that it looks like a Lego bike. All right, so Wiggins doesn't like the auto bike either. <laughs> it's, you know, a part of it is bad color choice. Um, oh, I think it looks so like Jawa. That, who else has that that frame, that aluminum frame under the radiator guards? Even though I know they're not radiator guards on that bike. See that like yeah, that rectangleish thing. Steel? Yeah, that. Who else has that? Uh, that looks just like another bike yeah i know when i saw this i was trying to figure out what i what it looked like to me too they need to do better placement of the rear shock like, like a there's husky. not even a linkage shock but how much does that thing cost uh a 12 and a half dollars okay sounds about right that is so pretty good. not too shabby <laughs> i mean fuck i'll order two of them for that uh it doesn't say that's fine um let's assume that it needs it, a linkage rear shock and what, they need to hide the, that shock and make it a little better what's this bike I'm, I'm out of the loop i need to get in the it's loop auto otto auto bike uh mxr and it's kind of competing with the zero fxs which is like the zero yeah, dirt bike it's a lot it's definitely looks so the problem with the zero and with this one at least visually it's too fucking heavy yeah let's look like at the, the zero uh, fxs oh yeah, this styling what, looks about 15 20 years it looks it looks good. It just looks DRZ four hundred weight class instead of Alta. Uh, yeah, yeah, nothing. Uh, you know, until Alta comes back, we're not going to see anything like an Alta. You know. Yeah, we will. Pardon me, but it yeah. See, the zero also looks like DRZ four hundred. I mean, so if you're cruising around town or on some trails, but it's like they're the bikes are all minimal, but then they're heavy. <laughs> And I'm like, well, yeah. Why not well, make them the more the electric bikes? Uh, to a point, but why not make them more ADV ish, right? I and then or like that one's kind of supermoto the the zero FXS that we're looking at right but now. But isn't all of the weight because of the battery? The yeah, lithium? yeah, pretty much. I'm not. I'm not really saying weight as in just weight. I'm also saying like visually when you look at the bike, they just mm. look chunky. Well, that's because of the battery, though. Because you see that lower part is well, all the, that blocky parts, all the battery. The Alta figured it out. Alta was yeah. pretty good. Alta, I have to say, watching them race at the... Um, now, the, again, uh, your range is going to suffer, but most people are going to do... Most fast in shape people are going to do, a, what, a half-hour moto? Pretty balls out. Probably. But most people are going to do 15 to 20 minutes, not balls out at all. 
Dude, when I watched Supercross and Arena Cross, I don't even think they were half hour long. I think they now, were... if you're gonna hit the woods, like how they darkened it so you can't see shit. They're like, so, doesn't it look good? Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna hit the woods, you need you need a long range for sure. Especially if you're gonna go on like an all day like fucking trip, like I know a lot of people do. That's and, the thing. And the is thing like, with a four yeah. stroke is you can fill it up and you can ride pretty well all day. The old two strokes. And you can you always can't. pack. You can always pack more gas. Yeah, that, you start packing extra batteries. Right. I How think. How feasible is that? I think that if you're going to be doing circuit races, like even like some GNCCs and stuff are, you need to have your pit have a swappable battery, and that's what a lot of the bikes coming out of Eichma had. They're like, hey, listen, let's make a swappable battery because this is stupid to have like these bikes now that takes like even even on a fast charger like, half an hour to recharge you know I don't I don't see that catching on because but these batteries are still really big bulky and heavy it's no, easier I'm telling to carry you, I'm telling you gas. They're, they're like the size of a gas can mm. the the super uh super soco ones they're like the size of a briefcase it's like the size of a PC kind of a little bit bigger than a PC like a, you know... How much does it weigh? Isn't that like really who, dense? I don't know. Probably 30 to 40 pounds. Um, but, and the scooters too. Now here's the sucky part about their scooters is that the um, the swappable battery goes under the seat, I think, which is like where no, most scooters put their helmet, laptop, um, clogs, and... Uh, and... Um, What's a huge P? I'm trying to think of like one of the hugest things Giant that you dildo. could. Yeah, something that you could carry because, like, you know, scooter, it's like Mary Poppins' purse when I see somebody open the scooter and they're pulling like a full face out and then they pull a laptop and then they pull a desktop out and then they pull the actual desk out. You know, like scooters are one of those weird things that I've seen people miraculously fit, you know, a, a broom and a lamp into. And it's like, whoa. But now on their. Um, on these Super Soco ones, they uh, that's where they stick their swappable batteries. So I, I, I'd rather have a swappable battery than worry about where I'm going to store my crap on my scooter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to get a basket and tow a trailer. But I think it's the wave of the future, this swappable battery stuff. I think, like, a lot of people are doing it. I think oh, even- no, it's definitely... The hard part with that is they're going to have to get with something universal. And yeah. on the car side of it, it's how heavier the battery is going to be. Can you imagine like popping the hood to your Tesla and you got to unload five or six yeah. batteries? The car side, they're just going to the like Uber fast charger, trying to get it down to 10 minute thing. Well, the problem is we got to be what's on the car side because the motorcycle side's not big enough, at least in the US to matter. Yeah. Listen, Energica has that. Energica has like level six chargers on their bikes. They have like the level one and two fast chargers. Then they have like a level four and a level six. I think Harley Davidson I read too was had like a level three or something like that um, optional because obviously they're going to be selling them in Europe too. Um, Jay, there's the perfect bike for you. I think the Supernex actually, I'm going to show you a picture of it. I'm going to get off of this stupid that thing. That one doesn't look bad. The The green and yellow make it look more I, dude dated. i love it it reminds me i can't remember who had this it's paint like scheme. gi joe it reminds me and, of, I see, and I the steel the steel sprocket dude if i'm gonna unleash something at fucking unless it's production ready and i don't think this is so if i'm gonna release something at eichma right that's prototype and cool and i did this badass fucking swing arm that looks like a ktm swing arm and all this cool shit Oops. don't put a steel fucking rear sprocket on it like give me a break why not that's what all dirt bikes have on it no all dirt bikes don't have have those and it's gross 
if it's a you know if it's a ready for production budgety bike yeah here's a fucking ugly ass um galvanized steel rear sprocket cool <laughs> but it's not it's an icma to show people how fucking cool it is and like that just stands out like a sore thumb Okay, what about this? The Surron Super B. This is one that I saw when I first did my rant and I didn't get to talk about it at the end, but this is the one that I think looks the most like an actual It does. It actually bike. looks pretty good. It looks like they used some plastic off of it. I don't know why it's got 15 exposed wires on the stator side of the motor, though. Well, What's up with that? To show you that uh, they're serious <clears throat> about this. This one has 30 horse, too, which is about like what a 450... Yeah, 30 horse, well, 450s are a little better now, but 30 horsepower on a dirt bike will get you where you need to be. Yeah, it's, it's I think pretty most of the ones that good. are racing have like 30-ish, I think a, I think a 450 is a lot closer to like 50, 55. Really? Holy shit. I think. Yeah, I could that be, is kind I of funny I could be looking. super wrong. Well, because it's a dirt bike and you're going to get dirty and muddy and you have fucking exposed wires. I got you. Like, the f- the crazy thing too is this looks like look at this uh, top plug here, uh, like where an oil filler plug would go. Is that actually what that is? I can't tell, but it is just like the Honda, uh, the old CR um, CRF frame. Like this this whole thing looks like they took a Honda frame to me with Husky plastics, good, and like stuck it together. It's better than a rectangled MIG welded fucking tubing zero. It, yeah, it <laughs> it looks like they straight horked no, it's, a motorbike it's good chassis. Hydro frame and casts are forged aluminum. Yeah, it could it could totally be a fucking production Honda frame. Yeah, it looks a lot like it, huh? The swing arm doesn't look Whoops. Honda. Though. I know. I wish there was Honda like a doesn't zoom spend in. as much money on the swing arm. It looks like a KTM or Husky swing arm. Yeah, and but look it could at this be galvanized steel shitty. That's a brake rotor, son. The, <laughs> on this the side. sprocket looks fine. I'm pointing no, to you on this side. The sprocket looks totally fine. <laughs> Go look at the sprocket on the other one. I can't. I can't. I, I can't find the picture. This one doesn't have the left. <laughs> I can't. Um, that's my defense. Right I there. Look at that picture. sprocket. Look at that thing. Oh my god! It's a four prong fucking. It's got hot dog cutouts, and that's it out of the steel sprocket. Yeah, you'll never bend this thing. It's a no, but you're. <laughs> You're with, trying with to all, show off we your just, bike. We just told you how much torque electric motors make, and now you're saying we should have a weak sprocket on it's there. It's not a weak sprocket. <laughs> you're going to bend that thing. It's No, you're not. God, this thing, that that, that does look crazy uh, compared to that picture that I had up earlier of like that motorbike riding completely underwater. Like I don't think that thing would go very well underwater. Now let's talk about the grossest bike I've ever seen, which is... Uh, it looks like the Honda Rune had sex with uh, Zero and also had... <laughs> Had sex with um, a live wire. Come on, you yeah, gotta, you gotta, and something else that's ugly. Even though I do think the live and wire like is like all sexy. the sperms made it into the zero. Yeah, egg. <laughs> all three of them, and it didn't like fight them off. It just accepted all the gross sperm. <laughs> yeah, this is and the Hayden the, Panther electric cruiser. Jay, you might have to look this one up. Uh, yeah, what is it called? It's called Hayden, the Sex Panther. It, the Hayden. It's a. It H-A- works a hundred percent of the time. 60%. 60%, 100% of the time. Yeah. H A D I N. It could be Haddon, could be Hadin. It knows? could be gross in a different Panther? language. Panther, yeah. They spelled gross sex panther wrong. Now, when I did a show with No Komodo. I like it though. It's got a radiator on the front. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You know what else is funny? Look at the back of the bike. Look how incomplete the back of the bike looks. Like they it's spent all the to, money on the front here. It's got all these like <laughs> gross plastic. Like even oh. the dude on it. It looks like a doesn't, mannequin, doesn't he? He doesn't look happy about it. His How do you spell it again? H-A-D-I-N. 
Oh, dude, and it's the got like Panther. oh my god! And uh, what was <laughs> oh the old my god. um? What the hell what was the Honda this? Cruiser that had the Goldwing motor in it? Not the Rune. the The Rune was also it the was Rune like was good and bad, wasn't it? It was a flat six. The Rune this? was the it was literally a Goldwing. They like stripped down. Um, god, the Rune was terrible looking. No, it looks like a cruiser that. Like, uh, devolved into a scooter. Oh, goddamn. My dad right now is yelling, right? He's like listening. He's like, it's the fucking. It's, they did a cruiser with a Goldwing motor and they made a bunch of them. The Rune was like a special thing they didn't make a bunch of. Um, is it the Valkyrie? Yeah, the Valkyrie. That's oh, yeah. it. Here, let's look at the Rune. Oh, the Rune is so. The Rune. Right here. The Rune is so disgusting. The Rune is like disgusting, but it's. It's still not as bad as the Valkyrie. Yeah, let's look up the Valkyrie real quick. Um, and the Rune was in 1800. The Valkyrie, when they did the 1800 wing, is when they killed the Valkyrie. They kept it for a couple of years, I think, but they never Oops. updated it to an 18. I, You know what? The whole time I was thinking Honda Valkyrie, but I was thinking, he can't be talking about the Valkyrie. That was one of the most beautiful bikes Honda ever. Oh, oh my God. And then I tried to commit suicide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. like, Valkyrie. I listed off a bunch of ugly oh, motorcycles look, Honda Valkyrie sex. Rune. <laughs> well, it's not. The Rune was a gold wing. Yeah. They may oh, have called it a Valkyrie, yeah. but anyway, God, the this thing's w- uh, almost worse than the uh, BMW um, R12. The Haddon Sex Panther is like all of the all of the bad things about all of those bad bikes put together. And then this is going to kill me because I can't remember the robot's name off of uh, Mystery <laughs> Science Three to Three Thousand. But you know, the, it was yeah. like Crow or something. It Look, looks, this like looks like its head. Yeah, this looks like Crow's head. <laughs> but then the funny part's the back of the bike's totally unfinished. Yeah, they're like, dude, let's put a um, a cop radio <laughs> box back there and that call it good. It needs bags on it. Damn, look at that flat-ass tire, too. That's like square. <laughs> They've been riding it a bunch. They're so excited about it, they ride it all the time. Yeah, that front Or, or they could only afford one new tire because, obviously, by how half-done the bike is, they couldn't even do a rear tire. Look at it. that front tire, you know, too. I think they like borrowed the- those off of a truck. I'm sorry, okay. Jay. Let's move on. <laughs> Everyone look up the Haddon Panther. It's yeah. one of the grossest motorcycles ever. It's pretty bad. Uh, you could we could probably go on for hours. Oh I mean, God. I'm looking at this yeah. seat right now. What's worse, Haddon Panther seat. or the Honda Valkyrie? Definitely the Panther. All right. Well, with that, um, there are a lot more bikes that came out of ICMA that were all electric. Last week, I had a, I had them all listed out and I ranted on about them for a little bit, and they were kind of fun and exciting. We won't see any of them. Uh, <laughs> for the next couple years, um, which is kind of unfortunate because there was a lot of cool ones that came out. There was a lot of e-bicycles that came See, out. I just think, too, like some of the dirt bike, like even the Ulta, which I know they had a street-legal supermoto, but how hard was it to make even a dirt bike street-legal? Like it didn't have to pass any emissions. Put a fucking headlight <laughs> and taillight on it. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, we, we won't see any of this shit. Big, biggest news that came out of ICMA that was electric was Kawasaki has an electric... Well, that didn't come out of ICMA. That was announced a little bit ago, but that's also another big thing. Kawasaki um, and even Ducati had a new electric bicycle, I think. So the electric thing is coming on hardcore. Um, let's move on to the next thing and, and kind of take use this to take the show out on, and then we'll get to some listener email. Should we do the email first? Nah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll try to do this uh, quietly. 
Um, the, uh, we started this thing kind of like a, not quite a challenge, but just like an informative piece that will replace the challenge called the Moto Scan. And last week we tackled handlebars, something that seemed like super um, silly and pedestrian turned out to be pretty fascinating. And actually, we only touched base on like a quarter of them. We didn't. We we basically like kind of glossed over what uh, what clip-ons, clubmans, motobars, dirt bike bar. You know all the different sort of things that they can be. And then we even discussed the ones that uh, aren't even technically handlebars, like the ones that are on the new like clip-ons. Well, clip-ons, <laughs> zing. But the ones, yeah, like they're I know not what bars. You're saying, but clip-ons but technically aren't handlebars. The ones on um, even Bravifor's VFR. The ones on the new Goldwing. The ones those are. All technically clip-ons on the ones on the um, the BMW K1600s that are actually more like gigantic L's that bolt to some weird thing down below. They don't. They're not even a bar. They're not even. They don't even clip on like a clip-on. They just are pieces. Yeah, a of lot of them just bolt to the top triple tree. Yeah. So uh, going using our laser and coming down further, I thought you know what we forgot. We hit we hit handlebars before we covered this element that we probably would have hit first on most. Motorcycles with a fairing or a windshield is windshields and windscreens. So on this week's Motoscan, let's discuss windshields and windscreens. And to kick this off, I thought we should go back. I don't know. Were, the, were there ever windshields made out of glass, do you think, for motorcycles? I'm sure there had to have been at some point. The first fly screens were like um, just metal, I know, that had... Um... Jay, are you still there? Hi. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Oh, you sent me the <laughs> you sent me a thing called the Panther. Yeah, that's the cool Panther. Yeah, yeah. So the first fly screens were just literally to keep flies off of your face because back in the day you just wore like a pudding bowl on your head and or a leather helmet and some round um, goggles that you stole from an aircraft pilot. And later, as things developed and and airplane cockpits. Um, started to get more defined glass and stuff like that. People started horking that. And I actually have a crazy fairing up here somewhere. Where'd I put it? One of my fairings gone, but it's around here. It's like all fiberglass and plexiglass, um, not Lexan, like most cool safety glass. But they started to get these different plastics that you could uh, put see-through. And then so people started making moldings. But when they, or, uh, sorry, fairings with windshields, like the old dustbin fairing that you'd see on the Isle of Man, um, and nowadays, most people take these things for granted. But uh, I want to look up the wind jammer because that was one of the very first um, aftermarket uh, windscreens available back when like factory windshields weren't a thing. So the slip streamer or the Vetter windshield and also the wind jammer were basically the OG batwing fairings, I think, before... Harley Harley might have had their batwing fairing actually in the 60s, but nobody else offered it. And so Vetter was like, hey, listen, guys, uh, anybody that's got a Kawasaki or a Honda, I'm going to go ahead and make all your dreams come true because now we can get you out of the wind. Um, I know Jay and Wiggins and I mostly don't ride motorcycles with uh, windshields, but we do have windscreens on a couple of them. I know the VFR has got one. The RC has a little one. And Jay, you made one for the SV. Stock yeah, it. I made one for the SV, and then I also modified one for the Harley. Right, okay. For the Sportster. Because that was a 48, it didn't come with one. And and you know what? I've only owned one bike that had a windshield on it. 
and it really sucked. Um, I've test ridden plenty of them with it on it, and it is nice if you're going to be cruising. Um, the wind does fatigue you. And on um, Bry Viffer's VFR and on um, Spamala and the, the SCR Scrambler, um, the wind will take the – it will make you tired by the end of the day. I've never been affected by it really personally, but I have noticed when it gets really, really, really windy that it does like jerk me around. And that's one thing. What's the longest you've ridden without a fairing? I mean, like four or 500 miles one way. Like, was it windy? Because I know when I've gone. And it was on Spamala too. Were you trying to do a challenge of any kind? Yeah, get to get to the what, uh, what kind of challenge was that that you were doing? Was this that like day? a thousand mile challenge? For chance? Uh, yeah, it was the uh, I think it was called the Steel Buns um, 500. And, uh, not only was it on Spamla, but it was the like titanium testes. <laughs> there you go. You know what? Uh, I need titanium testes to ride on uh, the SCR. The seat is very hard, and I don't like it. But um, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't killed me so so far yet. But it does suck, especially with these Santa Anas that we just got through having here in SoCal. Um, you get whipped around on the freeway quite a bit, and I always wonder. I'm looking around; I don't see the trees blowing that much, so I always wonder how much of it is turbulent air that the cars are creating that you're riding through. But um, definitely, the faster you go, as proven on the VFR, the more <laughs> the more windy uh, you're going to get, just because you're slicing through still air. And on a naked bike, um, like like the SCR and on Spamala, um, whatever it is, whether it's just air bouncing off a car and then off the ground and then into your face, or whether it's a really windy Santa Ana day, you're going to really feel it, and it will fatigue you. And I always hear old chaps that like to ride. Um, a thousand miles in one day. What do they call that? Isn't there like a term for that that you get like a prize for? Yeah, being fucking stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the BFS award. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I hear people complain about it all the time that do long distance touring and that try to do a competition touring, touring of a thousand miles in one day. Competition uh, touring. Um, <laughs> they always talk about wind fatigue and I'm like, really? Is it a real thing? I'm, I've, I guess I've never like really traveled across country um, you know, I've the most, like I said, the most I've traveled in, in a day is like four or 500 miles. Um, and so I've never tried to crack that, like cross the country in three days. So you're like, you're in the wind for literally three days, except for when you're sleeping. But, um, I have seen the benefits of a windscreen or a windshield. And like I said, at first they were just to keep the little, the flies out of your face. And so the British call them fly screens. Then they became more of a important aerodynamic part of, of a motorcycle. And then, uh, when Harley introduced the Batwing, I think Harley was like literally the only one, the only cruiser to have something. We get all of a sudden people start spending thousands of dollars, putting their cruisers and baggers even into the wind tunnels. And you get stuff like the victory vision, which created like this weird, um, through the styling of the bike and the windscreen and everything all together you get this weird tunnel of air that you ride in. And you'll hear taller riders talk about buffeting. You guys know what buffeting is? I'm going to let you talk about it while I grab my mouse real quick. And that's not what she said. Yeah, buffeting is like uh, when you get the... It's like when it wiggles you back and forth. Yeah, it's like, like being stuck in that... That's what she said. The warble yeah. between the wind. Right. And, you know, I can never figure out is that... Um, that's what I'm talking about. I've ridden behind semis and stuff before. And, uh, 
it just seems like if I'm really close behind him, it's great. But if I'm like, you know, 50 feet behind him, like, yeah, you're, you're might as well just be like between two fans that are oscillating at like a thousand miles an hour. It's terrible. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of people complain about buffeting. I found when I had a number plate on Spamla, the perfect, uh, I found the perfect pose to ride in, and I and I rode to Las Vegas to watch the um, Super Prestigio of the Americas quite a few a couple of years ago, 2015, I guess that was. Um, and I found the perfect spot where if I tucked my head just right above the headlamp um, and right behind the number plate, the air would hit it and go straight up over my helmet and hold my helmet still, and I wouldn't feel it. Yeah, that's the slipstream. Yeah, that's what that's the ideal sweet spot. Right, and and you kind of have to figure out where it is on your on your bike, um, on bikes with windshields like touring bikes and stuff bikes like and stuff like that. They have engineered it so that when you're kicking it in the seat, unless you're a super tall rider, it goes right over your head. You're you're like part of the slipstream, and if you're tall enough. You see bikes that have like really tall windscreens, and actually Harley Davidson is famous for this. If you go in their P and A catalog, you can get like anything from like six inch to like twenty one or twenty two inch. Like they make a windscreen for everybody, but a lot of bikes come with the adjustable. Um, they didn't used to, but but BMW has started making all their stuff adjustable on the fly. I know that Harley Davidson recently went to a, like a vented because like it was trapping heat behind it at that point. And, um, it's always a thing of like, it's always a fine line of how do I keep from buffeting, but also stay cool, you know, behind the windscreen when you're riding through, uh, the middle of the country on a super muggy day. And so they put like a vent in theirs, uh, when they did the Rushmore, um, overhauls like in 2014, but the Indian challenger, not to throw shade at this new, uh, Harley Indian rivalry that's repopped up the, this year, like, uh, the Indian Challenger has a adjustable, electronically adjustable windscreen. And I know Honda used to have adjustable windscreens, but you used to have to crank like a lever, you know, like a little dial. Um, and Kawasaki famously um, has always had a lot of their touring, sport touring bikes have had like electronically adjustable ones. Um, so it just depends like what brand you have and what you get as to um, the level of like customization and whether you can do it on the fly or not, or whether you have to like pull over and crank a lever. So I'm going to abridge some of the stuff that we talked about here. Um, basically we, uh, I asked Jay, Jay has made her own fairing on the SV. And, uh, I know that none of us actually ride bikes with windshields, but some of the things that I brought up and that Jay had brought up and Wiggins brought up, um, well, we didn't bring up one of the main things for having a windshield, one of the main reasons for installing one, if you don't have one, and that's a uh, uh, cold. Um, cold can be a big issue, especially uh, this time of year. You're trying to prolong uh, the riding season, and things get nippy. <clears throat> also, if you're one of the types of people that doesn't like to wear a lot of gear, or you hit rain a lot, uh, which we don't really get out here in the in the uh, Southwest a lot, but uh, is a big factor keeping yourself dry. And the more more cover you can keep, you know, cold and wet off of you, they just don't mix when you're riding, and it adds to fatigue. So that's the other thing is that uh, you know fatigue. I don't know if we mentioned it before this because I'm I skipped to this part to edit to it, but um, yeah, just buffeting. We talked about buffeting and um, buffeting against your body equals fatigue. Jay actually fashioned hers and it took her a couple times before she got it right. 
<clears throat> and so, um, uh, going right along with cold is heat. And I know I might have mentioned it earlier, but Wiggins touches on it right here. So we're going to fade to Wiggins uh, about riding his dad's Goldwing and why he needed to use a flip-up helmet. Because uh, I mentioned earlier that the Harleys have a vented fairing now on theirs, um, and that's part of part of Wiggins's problem. Uh, before we get to that, I did want to say one more thing that I mentioned is sight. Um, bikes, like I said, none of us really deals with it, but I know I've heard people complain about uh, looking over a windshield versus um, through it, and sometimes the line of sight can really mess with you. I know on my Magna, it was pretty bad, and that thing got head shake at a certain speed because the w- shape of the windshield started uh, tilting the bars back and forth. It's, it wasn't a fairing-mounted windshield where the fairing stays still and the windshield and headlights and everything stays still. It was a bar, you know, that thing was a naked bike, so it mounted to the bars. So anytime you have that, that's another thing you have to worry about is uh, how does your windshield now affect your handling? So let's talk about the heat and comfort and all that stuff and get into it with Wiggs, uh, his experience on his Pops Goldwing. It's not even a modular. It's like one of the Euro modulars. Like, it's like a three. No, it's no like chin, a, but the top flips up or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a three quarter face, but it has a full visor yeah. that you can put down. And but the reason is, is because there's not enough air moving to get air moving through your helmet. Yeah. So like, I ride with the right. visor up a lot, but right. I don't like having the visor up. But you need to get air moving through your helmet, but the windscreen blocks yeah. all the airs. Like that's what I'm saying about like people. The Harley had to put that vent because people were overheating behind them, you know? Yeah, and, and then what Goldwing does, well, one, it has a vent, and it's uh, the new one. The old ones, some of them, you could do it manually, but the new one, and the Yamaha did it on a bunch of bikes too, is they have an electronically, you can just fucking slide the thing up and down. Yeah. Just hit a button, it'll go up, hit a button, it'll go down. So if you're, you know, if you want your head out in the wind or whatever, you know, you're kind of hitting some canyons, and you kind of, to me, I feel more alert when I see over it compared to looking through it. So like if you're, cause a Goldwing will rip some Canyon. So if you're like hitting a Canyon or doing like a sportier fun ride, you drop that thing down, your head's out there, you yeah. can see where you're going. And then if you want to get on the freeway and set on cruise control, you can like crank that thing up. You don't even know that there's wind really hitting you. So it's. That's one thing with the VFR going really fast, the speed screen curves straight back right into my face. And like when well, it made the buffeting like awful, I would stick my hand there and it would just push it up. It wouldn't make it go over my head. And obviously my hand isn't as tall as my head and I can't see through it to ride anyway. But what it would do was hit the air up just for that. It would d- deflect it up and then it would catch my helmet and hold well, it you and hold me in place. Like, the VFR, not as bad, but like the fairing on my RC51, it's not- It's made for ducking It's not behind. for my comfort for yeah, me yeah, to yeah. sit up while I ride. Yeah, it's for me to lay on the tank. Yeah. And get the air over my head so the bike is faster. Yeah. And the VFR is it's a sport not touring. a lot different. Yeah. yeah. But it, the way it curves back, it doesn't even go up. It just like curves straight back. And so it was right. hitting me right in the chin, like Jay said. Yeah, and, you uh, can get a little bit low behind it without being totally smashed on the yeah. tank. But it's, it's meant to take off a lot of the stress, but to still feel the wind. Yeah. You know? And just putting my hand there... And I, I almost took, I almost took out the windshield and added, made like a blank out of, um, like just th- mocked up a little uh, fiberglass blank to see if I could make like a deflector. And then I went online, and holy shit, what I had in my mind, what I was gonna do, they actually sell a deflector for for that just tips up vertically for like an inch and a half or two inches, and that's all it takes to divert it up 
to make the wind just hit up and hit your helmet and then hold your helmet still and you don't feel any of the wind because it's not coming straight into your chin or, or your nose level it's like going up to the top of your head and, and you're becoming a slipstream um something that you know you, what i just thought what, what for this episode on the um <laughs> windscreens is we need a picture of dane's yeah, DIY from his, windscreen from for, his the, for the podcast cover <laughs> yeah that one it is so that medieval. was nuts, dude. Yeah. yeah, see if you can get them to send us a pic of that. Um, yeah, windscreens. There's actually a lot to them, and they they come in all shapes and sizes, as small as like a little number plate that's like a fakey little fly screen, just to get the bugs from not smashing on the back of your um, speedometer, and just to get a little bit of air from around the cockpit area to uh, full fledged ones. It goes all the way um, up your button around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's it for our moto scan this week. Are you going to take off Wiggs? All right. Wiggs is going to bounce. <laughs> I'm going to read a listener email. All right. So here we are at the end of the show, Jay. It's me and you once again. Wiggins has, uh, left a little early, only a couple minutes early. So come on. And he didn't even say the magic word. I'm tem- I'm tempted to say it now at the he end did here. The, he did the Irish goodbye where he's there one second. And <laughs> there then you he go, just, Wiggs. Yeah. <laughs> he just disappears. And I'm like, wasn't somebody else here for a minute? Yeah. It was good to have him back on the show. And according to this email we got a couple weeks ago from Ray, it said, uh, Wiggs, get back on the show before fake Wiggs takes your place. And so that's true. <laughs> um, do you, if you might remember... I think I read this on the mail on the on the show the last couple weeks ago that uh, Ray did I read this that Ray had bought a SV650. We had a listener Ray, and he said he didn't have time uh, to submit a spooky spoke. Did I already read this one? I swear I did, but maybe I didn't. Mm. Anyway, uh, he says I, I feel like I'm such a, a freaking ghost anyway when it comes to being involved with the, my local uh, organic motorcycle podcast network. That's us. And he says, no, I was had- a local Cali boy, huh? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. He, okay. he, he moved up to Portland, like, uh, I want to say close to, um, I think it was last spring, last spring or last summer. And mm. so he says he's had so much crap going on for the last few months, including awesome motorcycle crap that whenever he remembers to write an email about said motorcycle crap, he's already got some other dumb non-motorcycle crap to do. And basically he just wants to write a short email letting us know that he still loves listening to our show and crap and to send a little update. So he says here, he asked me and wig about what new bike he should get. Um, and this is a while back. It's like a few months ago. Uh, there was a VFR for sale, and I think there was like a couple other things, like a Super Hawk or something else for sale. This sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought so. So, anyways, the VFR is still for sale, and they lowered the price, but that's okay because I already bought a new and better bike this past August, a 2007 SV650. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it solved so all the a, problems. A second gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it solved all the problems. Yeah, whether they split it in 2005 or something, right? Something like that. Uh, it had to be cheap. Remember, it had to be cheap. And I, he had a Super Hawk. That's what he, what it was. He had a Super Hawk, and uh, he wanted to do some stuff to it, but he didn't know what, I think. So he was just, like shopping around for a new bike, maybe even a Harley or something like that. I, I, I forget. But um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this new bike solves all the problems in that it was cheap. It was 3100 bucks, super clean with only uh, 9,400 miles on it. Um, it's a new modern riding experience. 
and the fact that it has fuel injection, disc brakes, etc. And it could serve as my significant other's first bike. And it says she loves it, but I think it's too loud. Yes, we all think SV650s are too loud. <laughs> Everybody does, apparently. Uh, they are great. Yeah. I mean, how can you ever dog on the sound of a V-twin? That's just the nature of a V-twin. Bro, you can't. That's what makes them great. You can't. So he says, he, I met a bunch of cool dudes at Legion Moto Co. And I want to give them a shout out to anyone in Portland area. They have to go check them out for parts, service, and good times. They work on all types of bikes and they specialize on Harleys. So they probably have no problem with his uh, V-Twin. Uh, I got my first flat tire, thankfully not while I was riding, uh, on a month-old tire, which sucks. But he says, yay, I think it sucks. This um, was on the, 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 the SV, SV, yeah. And just a reminder... I've to, had that happen before, too. Yeah, you get like a brand new one and then mm-hmm. poppity-zoppity. Speaking of which, those tires that Wiggs brought over are here at my house. So just let oh, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll have to pick those up next week. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to wear it like a hula Don't hula tell, Ashley. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ashley's going to kill me. Hope, glad <laughs> she sees me she doesn't more li- tires. Yeah, she doesn't listen to the show, so we're good. <laughs> so the fact that he got a flat tire, he says it's just a reminder to carry a plug kit if you don't. I learned, mm-hmm. I learned the hard way. And I waited two and a half hours at 4 a.m. for a tow truck. And that Oof. fucking sucks. Where Any were they? In the middle of nowhere? Well, he's in Portland. And you know how mm. tow trucks operate in That's Portland. That's true. Anywho, on, on heroin. That's what I meant. <laughs> by that. Anywho, Wiggins, get your ass back on the show or else fake Wiggins is going to take your place, which uh, isn't 100% true. And Jay, you should make a sticker that quotes you from the last episode, <laughs> uh, quote, professional fuck up. <laughs> he, he liked that term, so that maybe oh, okay. that could be your next sticker. And okay. also, <laughs> let me know of any helpful SV mods or tips. I've been considering the dealer mod that changes the fuel input at lower RPMs. Um, um, yes, I do have something to speak about this. Okay. Uh, maybe he, he said, can write back. He says it's a snatchy um, throttle yes, at lower the RPM. TPS, the throttle, yes, I have. There is a sensor for that. Um, somebody sells it via Etsy. And at first I was like, ah, oh, this is weird. Sign it through Etsy, but it's just like a, a, a little capacitor. You could even, if you're good with electronics, I'm sure you could even, um, there are, uh, tutorials because I was having the same issue with the, um, throttle being really, really sensitive, um, especially right in the lower, um, RPMs. Yeah. So I think, uh, um, Steve's, I can get, I'll get it to, um, I'll get the specific name of it to Junkie so that he can put it in the show notes. But yes, there is something to fix that and it will change your bike. It's less than a $50 mod and it will make your bike so much smoother and the throttling, um, especially in the lower gears, it will just make it much more pleasant. Because when I first got the bike, I was like, whoa, this, this throttle is super, super like, uh, sensitive, Especially yeah. when I was riding two up with Ashley on the back, it was not fun because if I was like rolling away from the the, the light or letting off the gas, it would just jerk yeah. forward and backwards. Yeah, yeah. My uh, SCR does that too. I, a lot of bikes do that. There's like it's almost like an on-off switch before yeah. it starts to. It has to do with emissions and how they calibrate it so they can pass certain emissions. Yeah. So it cuts off really quick. It'll cut off the you know the uh, whatever how much fuel and air is getting to the engine. And so when it cuts off, then of course you you still have your uh, centrifugal forces, you know, propelling you forward. So that's where you get the jerkiness from. Yeah. But yeah, there is a mod for that. It's under a hundred bucks, under fifty bucks, I believe. And um, yeah, that's definitely one 
But for me with the SV, I haven't had to do too many other mods. It depends on what else he's looking to do with the bike um, and what direction he wants to take it. So yeah. for me as a commuter, I just turned made it so that it was as comfortable as possible for me as a commuter. If it's going to be a track bike, then, you know, obviously you're going to need different types of mods in that situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I told him that the VFR would have been cool, but the SV has such a cult following. Where they're from the 650 to the 1000, like the SV just has such a cult following. I remember this now. Yeah, I remember, I remember hearing this one, yeah. Yeah. So he sent me a picture. I asked him also if it was snowing and told him that I was going to wait to mail out his package. Um, Jim Handybone was going to send out, uh, the mail guy was going to get, a sticker order in. So I just want to say that Jim got sick this week, but I went to the post office instead and sent out your package Ray. So you'll be getting a sticker from me. Um, and Jay, I wanted to give you them. Uh, next time you come by, I gave Wiggins a handful, um, but they're pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so he wants a new sticker for his water bottle and he got a kind of a red, it's a nice pearl red SV. Cause I was like, I was like, you know, those were popular in yellow, black and blue and kind of like blue white. Um, even though I think that was like the, the uh, gladius that might've been the blue and white when I'm thinking of, but I was like, so what color is it? And he's like, red. All the ones I didn't say, <laughs> but yeah, dude, this thing's got a sweet pipe on it and it looks loud AF and your sticker should be there by the time you hear this. Also, Sandra, Chris, Lance, and uh, Ray and Corey, uh, all your guys' packages I sent when Jim told me that he um, had swallowed a bug on accident. Uh, our second listener email and the final one to close out the show was Paul, a.k.a. Bri Vanufer. Um, he says, uh, the motor mash was a blast. I don't think this is the right one. I think that's before. I think he got the one I was thinking of was he said he got a new car and it would be really cool to see, um, some lookout for moto stickers. And I just want to say shortly after he emailed me that there are some lookout for, <laughs> lookout for moto stickers. <laughs> it's it's so powerful that it's choking you up. Yeah, I'm having a hard time breathing right now. That's the <laughs> the way I'm looking at the. I had to bend my neck to look up. You know how short I am. Like it's not even funny. People think it's stupid that I always say that. That's but. why you you don't think um, windscreens are useful because you're not tall yeah. enough. So you haven't. I I, I, I get protected <laughs> by the friggin' fuel tank. You know. <laughs> Um, here it is right here. So Bri Viffer says, we got a new car last month. I asked my wife if she wanted to get some more watch for motorcycle bumper stickers. She had a couple on her old car and she said she'd want to get a cool one, like a cool design, like maybe Junkie or Jay could design something, dot, dot, dot. Well, <laughs> uh, your prayers have been answered. Junkie designed one and I'm sure Jay will probably design one too. And I'm going to... Uh, off air, do a secret contract with Jay to get <laughs> to hopefully get my stickers available to the general public, not just patrons and cool people. Oh, yes, 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 that run into me. Um, Jay, with that, do you have any sign offs? Any cool sign offs? Any we none of us said the word of the week, so check back next week. <laughs> um, I'd like to, again, say uh, thanks to everybody. You can call us. And actually, I might be calling some of you. You can give us a call, 740-563-2858. We'll pick up. Call during the show. We try to record from 6.30 to 9.30. We're a little bit over right now, Jay. I'll get you off so you can go to bed. 
but we try to record between 6.30 and 9.30 on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, depending. I don't have soccer anymore, so it's going to be back on Tuesdays now. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, give that number a call and maybe I'll pick up. Slap you. Yeah, leave face. us some dirty motosexual messages. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you need to, give us a call. Talk dirty uh, to us in motorcycle. Yeah, tell me. I want to <laughs> stick my finger in your end cap. I don't know. Tell me something. But, um, Hot pipe. Yeah, I want to uh, lace your spokes. That's uh, there. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can do that. You can, you can hit us up at creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com uh, you can hit us up on the Instagrams or Facebooks at creativewritingpodcast or Twitter which Instagram is mostly US people Twitter is mostly the rest of the world and the president so if you want to hit us up on that platform we are uh, creative underscore writer and we would love to see your pictures take your comments um, have you verbally barf on us there Jay people can find you and your wonderful new uh, sticker store at where uh, well, on Instagram, we are the underscore flying banana. Get your stocking stuffers in. Uh, go ahead and you can check us out at the flyingbanana.bigcartel.com. Uh, we are going to be releasing some new stickers in 2020, but definitely check it out on there. And we will possibly be having some stuff partnerships with like uh, Junkie said through creative writing so keep your eyes tuned that sounds amazing that sounds like it's going to be a cool collab I hope that Junkie guy is not a total turd face like he sounds on air (laughs) as Uh, long as he wears deodorant we'll be okay (laughs) well that'll never happen Um, and if you want to find wigs check them out at wigs09 the word zero the number nine on Instagram or field underscore initiative underscore knives to find some of his classy metal which by the way I almost dropped I did drop my mouse again and it broke this time so we are totally screwed the show is going to go on for six more hours now I can't hit the stop button Um, no I've been using my field initiative knife left and right lately and uh, I actually found the balance point of it and was using it as a throwing knife the other day and holy cow it's like super it's like even more accurate than my throwing knives are for some reason Um, the rotation of it is more predictable so even if I kind of like him yeah I have a couple of the knives that he's done too and I absolutely everyday carry them they're great so that's our show for this week Jay is going to leave us with a song by Nickelback Go ahead and start Twist and singing. grit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. And with that, we out. <laughs>